cartoon commentary is not intended for children. Tom, Keith, and Corey are usually wrong, and anything they say can and probably will offend you. Apologies in advance. Commence the podcast. Cartoon commentary. So we are recording now, and um, so a fun thing that happens, I don't know, Corey, you can let me know if this has happened to you because you have a baby, or your kid's almost not a baby at this point, but, um, and Tom, you have a niece that is a baby, so you can also let me know if this has happened to you. At what Um, point do they become not babies? I don't know. I feel like once you hit one, they're they're not toddlers, but like once they're walking, they call them in daycare terms. They call them waddlers. Uh, <laughs> they actually call them waddlers because they they kind of waddle. Sounds like you're describing me. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, Corey, yeah. you know, life goes full cycle, so. Mm. Yeah, I can't wait to shit in my pants again. <laughs> well, <laughs> you mean in a diaper in I mean, pants? <laughs> yeah. Not just like, you know, blowing well, up mean, your undies. Well, that actually you reminds me. You don't know what me. I do on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not here uh, to yuck your yum. You do what you like to do, Corey. There's, there's nothing yum about it, I can tell you that. Uh, you know, it's all the yuck. other day... <laughs> The other day I was babysitting my niece and uh, it was the first time I ever changed a diaper. Uh, It was a traumatic experience. Yeah. uh, You know, I Uh, made it 36 years with never changing a diaper. No, no, I'm going to explain in graphic detail. So you will, you will understand my trauma. Okay. I'm just, I'm just wondering if it's worse than my worst time. Well, this is my first time changing a diaper, mind you. Mm-hmm. I did not know Wait. what to do. Hold like, on. I wasn't prepared. Was it, was it, let's just ask it right out front. Was it a pee diaper or a poo diaper? It was definitely a poop diaper because pee diapers aren't that bad. Uh, it started as a pee diaper. Oh. And then I turned my head for a moment. And then there was poo. <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah. You have to see how the sausage was made. So this is this is why <laughs> it was bad. It's because the thing is, is that pee diapers. To Corey's point, pee diapers mm-hmm. are fine. It's like wipe, wipe. Let's get rid of it. Let's put a new one in. You're good. It's like it's mm-hmm. an oil change for a car. It's like oh yeah, sure. That's that's night nice, nice and tidy. You put the diaper in the baby. Oh, yeah. You don't preferably you put it not. On. You put it in the baby. You said you put it in the baby. You also have to replace the pee. <laughs> Just like an oil change. Yeah, you have there's to, you DCF have to... coming over at Pete's house. <laughs> liquid came out. You have to replace the liquid. So, <laughs> sorry, Tom. Continue, <laughs> continue with your story. Well, now I know what I did wrong. Well, there um, you go. You didn't so, replace yeah, the liquid I... and the baby shit itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that diapers nowadays have those fancy lines on them that can tell you if they're wet or not. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. These color-changing lines. I had no idea. Like I said, Most I, of this them is the first them, diaper yeah. I ever changed. And uh, so, anyhow, I, I just didn't know how to tell if she needed a diaper change. So I called my mother up, and I'm like, uh, 
how do you know besides her crying a lot is there something a giveaway and she just goes look at the diaper there's a color code on it i was like no shit uh, that really i i thought that was really cool but uh anyhow so yeah wet diaper science. Wait, go to were you, were you, science yeah did you call your mom and you're just like this baby's really screaming at me but no no <laughs> <laughs> no, she wasn't. That's the thing. She wasn't oh, crying, okay. but I wasn't sure because I was like, "It's been a while. She she hasn't cried at all, but as, it's been a while. She must need as a change." As usual, rule of thumb, we usually just change Carter whenever uh, we feed him, uh, or at least early on. Yeah. That's what we would do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he'd usually get like fed between two and three hours, and you could bet there's probably been some pee or some poo in that time. Like, yeah. very, very rarely would you have a <laughs> diaper that you'd look at and it's just like, oh, he didn't do anything. Yeah. Huh. Well, in this case, you know, I, 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 I find out, okay, the diaper's wet, time to change her, and I'm talking to her as I'm walking up to where the changing area is, and I'm just saying, bear with me, this is my first attempt, I am so sorry, we'll make it through <laughs> this. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting, getting ready, I... I uh, get a new diaper out, get it all opened up and ready to go. Uh, I undo the old one. As I'm taking it off, I'm like, ah, just a pee diaper. And I, I, you know, I take it off. And then I turn to the little diaper caddy to get some baby wipes. And I turn back and there was just shit everywhere. It was everywhere. I mean, like... That was, that was the rookie move there. Yeah, I removed the diaper. So, I mean, like, the... Yeah. the changing yeah, things you're supposed to everywhere open the diaper wipe yeah. put the wipe in the diaper roll the diaper wow take yeah. it away put the new one in and you're generally not supposed to veer off course at that point because you never know what could happen <laughs> no i go i go one step further so number one you get everything you need up front yeah. You you have multiple diapers sitting in front of you. You have a whole thing of wipes. Y- you do not need anything else, right? Like then what I do is I take the di- I take the new diaper like I you take the pants off the baby. I put the brand new diaper unfolded underneath the current wearing diaper, the current worn diaper of the oh. baby. Right? Oh, so then when okay. I open up the new diaper, or not the new diaper. When I open up the the current diaper, they're already the diaper. they're already laying on top <laughs> of a brand new diaper. So I, if it's a poo, you use the front of the diaper they're wearing to then like Swipe. scrape them down to get the yep. bulk, and then oh, not only that, no. but you kind of use that. But by doing that and then folding it down underneath them, they're almost laying on like a quasi clean surface, right? Because they're laying down on the front of their diaper, but you're currently holding them in the air by their legs. Then you wipe them, and if you have to put them down, you're putting them down not back into their own poo, but you're putting them down back into the front of that diaper, so that's okay. And then Mm. you clean them up, and then to Corey's point, you, you put the wipes down, and you roll that the rest of the way, and then use the the little Velcro straps they're not really velcro they're to make a ball yeah you make a little ball with it but then i don't have to get on their diaper and then you throw it when at I, oncoming traffic yes exactly but when i <laughs> but when i put them back down because i already put that clean diaper down first underneath them when i remove the dirty diaper the clean diaper is right there boom 
plop them right down. Clean diaper. And then you just, you know, zipper that thing up. Mm. Now, I, I got to ask, so, with, with your your sons, do do they, like, lift their legs and hold them up, like, to help you? Because no. my, I noticed <laughs> no. my, my no, niece actually... alligator roll. Oh, yeah. She, she, like, lifted her legs up. And I was like, okay, you're making this easy for me. But the problem was when she crapped all over the place she then started to rock back and forth and i heard mm -hmm. the squish and i was like oh no baby yeah. no <laughs> and i it's like oh now i have to not only clean her up down there i gotta clean her back off yeah i was like oh god this is terrible and so yeah my, my first uh experience changing a diaper did not go well mm. shit mm. everywhere well so I, you this is what you got to think. It, it could have been worse. Yep. True. Um, I don't remember if I told the story on here of my worst diaper changing experience with Carter. I think you... I I know that I've heard I probably it. I probably said it off podcast. That's true. I that might have been off podcast. Uh, but basically... <laughs> you, you screamed. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> the, the reason... Yes, so here's yes. the thing. I screamed not out of like abject terror because you screamed because we all but, wanted ice cream but because i thought i had help within range i was yelling for help because i thought my wife was an ear earshot of like coming to help me with what was happening mm. and that was not the case but when you scream so you hit babies like... generally don't like that so oh no it didn't get better. you you hit like um, full wartime like <laughs> Like I'm trying, like I'm trying to get the person that could, the only person that could help me with this. I'm trying to get their attention, and they're just like, "Nah, I'm in a room like two rooms away." And but that's didn't but that's what, but that's what I'm saying is that like you you were <laughs> you were in a dire situation and you screamed out for help, and no yeah. one came. Yep. So so then you had to just like get in those trenches like. Well, so I was already in the trench. That was why I screamed. So here's the issue. Corey's <laughs> like, I never, I never wanted was, to go into the trench. I fell into the pee, trench. It was a pee diaper, just like Tom started out with. Mm -hmm. Oh, just an innocent um, pee diaper story. Yeah. And I, unfortunately for me, was looking when it started becoming a poo diaper. And for some oh. reason, I thought... Well, because we were changing him in his, um, I think it's called a pack and play. Yeah. Uh, I always get confused with the names of all these stupid fucking contraptions. Uh, and I didn't want the pack and play to get ruined because one of the last times I had changed him, like, I had been in a situation where he peed all over it and they had to, like, wash part of it or something. Mm. And I was just like, I don't want that to happen again. So I keep my eye on him when I'm changing him. Well, he started taking a <laughs> shit. So I caught it. Oh no. I wanna I wanna clarify here. You in my palm. You like it came it came <laughs> like out I, like, it came out and you put yeah. your hand down. It didn't like fire out yeah, like a like, baseball. Imagine imagine someone <laughs> They're like, playing the first game. Like imagine catch. Imagine McDonald's dispensing chocolate ice cream out of their machine. Into oh, your 
Oh, I can't, I that's can't, an awful visual. Oh, I can't. I cannot. I cannot visualize that because McDonald's <laughs> ice cream machines are always broken. That's true. Oh, that's true. true. I thought about true. that. Yeah, yeah. But that was that was like the best way I could explain it. And so I have like because one hand is all poop, <laughs> and I only have one hand to operate with. I'm yelling for help because anything I do is going to lead to with more poop, poop on stuff. Yeah, poop poop mess. Yeah. So it's just like I need help because I can't not just get shit all over the place at this point. Hmm. Yeah, and help didn't come. So... So anyway. (laughs) What's up, I didn't tell my story. You had a story? I thought this was Tom's Tom's story time. The, hey, Tom, I, Tom I totally cut Keith off and, Tom, and took over. Tom had a story, <laughs> and then you had a story, and I have a story, and mine does not involve poop, but it's also then pretty... Then get your story game up, Keith. It's still... No. It's, yeah. Okay. All right. So you want to hear the story? It better top ours. Here's the story. It better, it better have poop in it. So yeah. my son, Levi... <laughs> this is the poop cast. My son, Levi. Great kid. <laughs> he's He's a... Uh, just about eight months old. Um, the other day, he's well. He's he's getting a little bit of a cold. He's getting a little stuffy, you know, because his sister goes to daycare currently. Um, she's four, and she catches things at daycare, whether or not she's you know wearing a mask. And uh, also, he goes to my parents' house, and my parents watch one of my nephews, and that kid's almost two, so, like, he gets cold and stuff. So, anyway, he's got a cold. And Levi, at this point, being seven, almost eight months old, he is definitely, like, he does not like pacifiers, but he loves sucking on every single one of his fingers. So, mm. he will find his thumb and then just also suck on, like, his entire hand. And one day I'm sitting there and I'm just holding him on the couch and I just fed him a bottle. And he, after the bottle, he, he's just like going to town on one of his hands. And I'm like, you do you, bro. Like, go for it. So we're sitting there. We're just watching some, some quality children's television programming like Bluey. Nice. And uh, I'm just sitting there. And um, he just reaches up and mid-sentence talking to my wife he just puts his slimy spit hand right into my mouth (laughs) he does like literally like not the thumb but all the other four fingers he literally and the thing is he wasn't even looking this kid this kid is gonna be i really hope that this kid's gonna be a good basketball player because his aim is impeccable he literally just put a totally spit covered four finger hand right into my mouth and i was like well i got that cold now that's that's my next week so Mm -hmm. yeah that's what you get for sucking on baby's arms well you know it wasn't my choice it was technically the baby it was the baby the baby's choice Uh, he, he was like he was like hey dad this hand tastes fucking mondo good 
You try it. You try it right <laughs> now. Like, you really like food, Dad. Try this out. Yeah, try try this hand. <laughs> I've been sucking on it for 10 minutes. It's super wet. Here you go. <laughs> it's super wet. That's the selling point. Yeah. It's I mean, nobody, super wet. Nobody, You're going to love it. I mean... <laughs> that is a terrible selling point for food. I know people hate people, people hate so barbecue. Is super no, what? No. So this is the thing, right? So like, if you go to eat something like cake and somebody describes it as moist, a lot of people Ugh. hate that, right? A lot of people mm-hmm. cringe. But well, like, people hate the word, but they love that it is actually moist. Exactly. They love right. the they love the fact that it's moist. But if you were like, hey, take a bite of this cake. It's super wet. <laughs> I feel like that's I feel like less 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 disgusted by the word choices but like but just more curious about how that happened. Let's start a movement to start calling using the word super oh, yeah. the word super wet oh, yeah. instead of moist. Yes. Yep. The next time, which I do, I think I've made one one cake my entire. I'm more of a cook than a baker, but uh, the next time I make a cake, um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna tell people, oh, try this cake. It is so fucking wet. <laughs> oh, I I was just thinking I got a couple pork tenderloins in my fridge, and I can't wait to cook those and just be like. You're gonna love my pork. It's super wet. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you cook those things to like 150. You know, they just they end up so wet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mm. Oh. Ooh. What's up, internet? Welcome to Cartoon Commentary, a podcast where three big people in their 30s talk about old, new, and sometimes weird cartoons. I'm Corey, super wet Zamir. <laughs> I'm <clears throat> hold on, I'll get my I'll get it together. <clears throat> I'm Tommy Pickles O'Connell. Oh well Makes sense for me, Keith. I just don't know which way <laughs> to go at this point, because Corey was going off of our conversation, Tom's going off of the show. I guess I'm I don't know. You gotta do both. Do it. Oh, I gotta do both. <laughs> Keith, Keith. There's a way. Rip of poop. Oh, I am. I am. I am, <laughs> I am moist Lipschitz Barnowski. <laughs> oh. <laughs> did I nail it? I think I did. Yep. You oh. did. <laughs> nice. So, today we're talking about Rugrats. A visit from uh, Lipschitz yep. slash what the big people do. Yeah, what the big people do. Yeah. It's so complicated when you have a title that's like two different things because I never realized this as kids, or as a kid, Yeah, that... Every Rugrats episode is two mini episodes. Yeah, a lot of shows do mm. this. It's very confusing because I never realized it as a kid either. By the way, it's season two, episode thirteen of Rugrats. Mm-hmm. So pretty, pretty early into Rugrats. 
Yeah. Uh, In fact, this episode will be ever, 30 years old this November. Honestly, what's crazy is I yeah, remembered. Crazy. I remembered this episode. Me too. It's Me too. And well, that's scary. Is, mm-hmm. Well, these episodes ended up in like syndication pretty early, right? So they weren't like like just because it came out in 92 doesn't mean you watched it in 92. Like they had a lot of reruns and stuff. See, True. I I used to watch it every weekend with my cousins. So like they used to play it. Uh, was it on Saturday nights? I think it was Saturday nights. Um, like they play it before. Uh, what was that campfire uh, show where the kids would go around the campfire and tell the scary uh, stories? Uh, are you afraid of the dark? Thank you. Yeah, are you afraid of the dark? Was meant for the the older kids, and it came on a little later. But I think Rugrats they. It was like the same day on the weekend on Saturdays. They'd play it like, uh, you know, like an hour or two hours before that show. And I, I, I just remember being a little kid, like six, and, and my brother Ryan being like three, you know, almost almost looking like he belonged in the show. <laughs> uh, so so I, I do remember seeing it when I was little. So I don't remember if I brought this up to you guys, but... Early on, before we started the podcast, when we were all just still brainstorming ideas on what to do the podcast about, Are You Afraid of the Dark was actually a big inspiration for me. Um, I was considering multiple things kind of surrounding Are You Afraid of the Dark. Meaning, like, maybe we review each episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark. And then I was starting to think, like... Once we got into like the cartoon headspace, I was mm. just like, maybe we because pres- on Are You Afraid of the Dark, they would be like, All right, we present this story for the approval of the Midnight Society. Mm. And like each episode here, we're presenting an episode of a cartoon for the others to watch. So it's kind of it's kind of like a similar thing. Yeah, And as it turns out, we end up pretty much telling the story of what happens in that episode. So it's actually, mm. the, the similarities between cartoon commentary and Are You Afraid of the Dark run pretty deep. Yeah, you're right. Wow. Just without the horror elements, aside from the whole poop yeah. in hand, pee Whoa. all over the place, <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, we have watched some, some train wrecks, so. Yeah. It's mm. been a while since we we fucked with some really bad stuff, though. Because yeah. yeah. I, I do a lot of uh, stats on, <laughs> like, our ratings on stuff like that. And we haven't given anything a real stinker of a rating in a while. I feel like the thing is, is that <laughs> when we do, like, the the episode that comes to mind is the one I picked for um, Doug. Doug. Yeah, that's and, still one of our lowest rating episodes. Well, if not that's the lowest. we we have low wow. we have rated it the lowest. But I feel like at the same time, the fact that we were able to just shit all over Doug, <laughs> and the jokes that came out of that were just really really fun. It was fun to yeah, talk I feel about like the episode. Doug, our Doug oh, yeah. episode was one of our better episodes. Yeah, Cause, oh yeah, because we're agree. all really good at shitting on stuff. So, <laughs> I we're, we're getting shit out of my case. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. We're catching yeah. shit. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> we we may want to think the strat rethink the strategy of this podcast to 
well, you know, be more shit oriented is what I'm saying. <laughs> so early on, remember one thing you have to keep in mind is we were throwing episodes of cartoons out there because I don't know. It's just like something that came to mind. Yeah. Whereas now I feel like when everybody has their opportunity to pick a cartoon, they're more like, Ooh, I want the guys to watch this. Oh, I really like True. this. I want someone to watch this. Yeah. 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 Like, cause think about it. Like, uh, none of this would be a spoiler because this all airs chronologically, but like Batman, the animated series, mm-hmm. uh, King of the Hill, Bluey, Rick and mm. Morty, all things that we've rated pretty highly mm-hmm. are sure. all in like the 20, in the 20s. That's true. For our the, show. Those mm. are all things that we were just like, yeah, like you guys haven't seen this and you have to. Mm. Whereas like our first 10 episodes of the podcast uh, have. What one, two, three, four, five randos, five episodes in the bottom six. Oof. Wow, as far as our ratings, Doug, Kablam, Dragon's Lair, Captain N, David the Gnome, and Boss Baby. You know what's interesting about that is that at least three of those were very old cartoons, which. I feel like are automatically at a disadvantage if you, even if you think you have a nostalgia like tied to them, if you rewatch them and you're like, oh wait, the shittiness overrides the nostalgia. Like, it's it's just difficult because well, it like ends up, it ends up being something where it's just not as good as you remembered. No, exactly. Like the the animation and the voices and how that lines up and everything. Like, I mean, if you're looking at something from thirty years, thirty or thirty plus years ago, like, yeah, sometimes your memory really puts that stuff on a pedestal because at the time it was pretty good, but mm. now it's pretty bad. So it's then. You really kind of rely on the storyline and whatnot to take over, and sometimes it just doesn't. Sometimes you liked it because it was it was piquing your interest at the time, but like the real bones of the thing was pretty weak. Mm. Well, and I feel like eventually we'll get to a point where all of our ratings end up a little samey, like in the hmm. seven range, just because it's like. This is good, it's not great, kind of thing, you know? True. Because a, a lot of our stuff has been like that recently. It, it, like, if it's mm. not something that's, like, amazing, like a Rick and Morty or a Bluey, it's in that, like, 7 to 8 range. And it's just yeah. like, eh, it's, it's good, it's good, but not great. Alright, but anyway, we're talking about, I guess we can start with the first part of this episode, mm-hmm. when Lipschitz comes to visits, or a visit from Lipschitz, whatever it's called. So, episode starts off with a really abstract, kind of like, perspective on what it would look like 
if you were in if you put a camera inside of a baby bottle as Tommy's drinking his bottle. Yeah. And which I feel I feel like because both these episodes started like that, I wonder if a lot of episodes of Rugrats start like that and I just don't remember it. I mean, hmm. possibly, but also like a baby cannot guzzle a bottle that quickly. Like this baby like hmm. Tommy is well, like he drinks. If Levi can't do it, no baby can. Well, the thing is, Tom, <laughs> Tommy drinks like half of that bottle in four gulps. Like, you can't do that through the nipple on the bottle. Like, the, it's designed for babies to not do that. Like, this is from '92, Keith. Were they designed like that back then? I, <laughs> Nipples I, were looser back then. I was going to say that was that was probably a glass <laughs> bottle. That's also probably true, which is even more terrifying that he was sitting in the middle of the room on the carpet drinking it all by himself with no adults in no adults even not the the most terrifying thing to happen in this episode though. Nope, nope, definitely not. (laughs) Being a parent, I question a lot of choices that are like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So the episode starts off with Tommy's mother, Dee Dee coming home from i don't know if she said the supermarket or the bookstore or no something she, like that. she was she was at a like a book signing for um the yeah. baby book that yeah, for dr, dr. Lipschitz. Lipschitz like he was doing like a book signing probably at a bookstore um yeah and she just decided to invite him over for a goulash dinner which i'll be honest i'm not 100 percent sure what goulash is it's a, isn't it like a Russian dish? Uh, I've had, I think I've had it a long time ago. But the problem is York. that like American goulash is is if, as far as I've had it, like is not like a culinary. Oh thing. no! Like, when I when I did it, remember? I think Corey was in my class, my modern Russia class, when we were in high school. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that. <clears throat> Oh, well, we took a field trip to New remember. York City. I don't remember high school. What? Oh. Whoa, your modern Russia, <laughs> we, my modern Russia class did not take a field trip. We took a field trip to New York City, and we went to, like, uh, I forgot what section is where, like, the, the Russian section is, where all the restaurants and, and a lot of the, the people that live there have immigrated from Russia, and our teacher, you know, wanted us to have an authentic you know, Russian culinary experience. That's one of the reasons we did the field trip and went all the way there was so we could go to a restaurant where like the menus were all in Russian and, and it was all authentic stuff. So we, we could know what it really tasted like as opposed to, you know, the Americanized version of it. So, so let me, so I'm pretty sure there was possibly a grade requirement for this that I did not make. (laughs) Because I don't remember really? this at all. I could have sworn you modern sat behind Russia, me on the bus. Modern Russia was a, an elective. Yeah. It was an elective history class. So you could take like... I remember the, the idea that I was in that class. I don't remember going on a field trip for that class. And I also find Is it, it kind Brighton? of hard to believe that... Brighton Beach? So Is that what I'm thinking of? That the school would be like, hey guys, mm-hmm. I know you have an elective for modern Russia... Yeah, dip out today. Go to New York. So, <laughs> by the way, uh, some Googling here. 
Goulash is a Hungarian origin dish. Uh, it's basically a soup or a stew with meat and vegetables uh, seasoned with mm-hmm. paprika and other spices. Uh, obviously originating in Hungary. And it's uh, predominantly eaten in Central Europe. Um that's pretty much it. Um, by the way, uh, out, they they have they have a list here of goulash outside of Hungary, and mm-hmm. Russia is not listed here. Huh? It lists Albania, Austria, Croatia, Czech Republic, and Slovakia. Borscht. Ethiopia. I'm sorry, borscht. It was borscht, borscht. I was thinking of. Borscht not... is beet soup. <laughs> yeah, I was mixing that up. Sorry, my bad. I, I just hit me. I'm like, it's borscht because I, I think even um, in one of the episodes of Rugrats, because uh, Tommy's maternal grandparents, Dee Dee's parents, are uh, they're I think they're immigrants from Russia, aren't they? Because they've they've got the accents and Possibly. they make borscht. Uh, I, I remember like Tommy at one point. Tommy's like in a bowl being... of borscht playing. I remember there being like a Jewish episode, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're they're, they're, they're side. So they're, they're uh, Hungarian, no, no, Russian uh, Jews. Didi, yeah, Didi's parents are Jewish. Didi's Jewish. Um, okay. And yeah, yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, <laughs> the I mean, we're barely a minute into the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I we described that Tommy has <laughs> drank a bottle. Uh, so unrealistically baby tom not podcaster tom (laughs) you don't know that that's podcaster tom's probably had a few bottles too (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) dd comes home and immediately asks Stu to guess who is coming to dinner tonight and he says sydney poitier uh I which I had to Google because this is before our time. Uh, there's a movie well, I knew th- from the 60s yeah. uh, called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Mm. And I guess that was... You know how oh, we're always so talking that was about like a cartoons that we're watching? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things <laughs> yep. where back then, in 92, that was probably a pretty good joke for the parents. Yeah, back then I didn't get it, but when we rewatched it today, yeah. I got that reference and I cracked up. I was like, "Oh, that was that was clever." And that uh, yeah, I had that same moment where I was like, "That's the adult joke. That's what keeps adults mm-hmm. interested while their kids are bouncing around, you know, playing well, uh, no, you know, no, in no, front no. of the TV." That is the the joke for the adults. It is not an adult joke. Yeah, yes, yeah. we know That's, what I meant. There's a there's a very clear difference there because otherwise the adult joke was she would have been like guess who's coming for dinner and he would have been like hookers well that's the thing because i was not familiar with that name i was just like is that just like some attractive woman's name from back then <laughs> oh no oh no no Corey's like this dude has no chill he's he's just going to like <laughs> He's just gonna <laughs> blow this up. He's right going now. for the full divorce. Yes, immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she then explains that Doctor Lipschitz is coming to dinner, uh, and he's immediately like, "Oh, but Pop and I have tickets to the baseball game." 
or the ball game, I guess. Uh, mm. And it, it's funny because I, I was like looking here and they don't actually have like a real discussion about whether or not he's staying or going to the ball game. And I feel like that's left <laughs> ambiguous by him because he never agreed to stay to dinner. I, I also like that's the fact clever. that they don't define the sport. It could be baseball, basketball, or football. It cannot I feel like be it has hockey. to be baseball. It cannot be hockey, obviously, because he would say that he's going to the puck game. But um, because that's yeah, what so hockey just, players do. Womp, right? womp. Yeah. No. She just okay. says... Uh, <laughs> We can learn from him, uh, and kind of like brushes it off. Yeah, he's super and of fucking course, smart. Because, yeah, it's it's a cartoon that I now know has to you know finish this episode in like ten minutes. So mm. she somehow goes into the kitchen. Probably already has the goulash made somehow. I don't know. Like that's why I was wondering what yeah, goulash was. There. Like if it was something. That, like, you make in a crock pot that's been going all day kind of thing. So, this is my earlier point that I was going to get to. Is that, like, um, goulash, by definition, is like a soup or a stew. Which takes a long time to make. So, either she started it earlier that day. Yeah, either she started it earlier that day. Or, the thing is that I've been to a friend's house where... The mom was like, oh, yeah, we're having goulash for dinner. And I was like, I've never had that before. And I thought it was really good, whatever they gave me. It was not a soup or a stew, though. It was literally like a bunch of, like, ground beef cooked off with, like, yes. you know, carrots and, like, minced up carrots and maybe, like, onions and celery, like, cooked down. So that way you, like, couldn't, like you know as a child like you couldn't discern them from right. the beef and then mm-hmm. it was mixed up with like pasta or like a not like a spaghetti pasta but like a rotatini or like a Smell. curly pasta mm. you know and like that was goulash it was like oh we're gonna try to hide a bunch of vegetables in this meat and put it on pasta and this is goulash yeah i think that's something that i've had but i wasn't mm. 100 percent that that was called goulash which you know what's funny is that it's really weird that people call that goulash when technically that is much closer to a ragu yeah just i mean culinary wise i I thought i I will agree with keith Keith but sure no no (laughs) anyway so anyway uh after they go back into the kitchen, Tommy and Chucky have an interaction where they're talking about, oh, that's the Lipschitz that they're always talking about. Lipschitz says that. The Lipschitz says this. <laughs> and one of the things that Dee Dee said stuck with them, how Dr. Lipschitz knows more about being a mommy than anyone in the world. This leads them to believe that Lipschitz is the best mommy in the world. <laughs> uh, and this episode, I, I was when I was looking into it, this is season two, episode 13. This is the first episode that confirms pretty much that Chucky's mom passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it was like kind of ambiguous before, like maybe you just didn't see her kind of thing. Right. Uh, and this one, they kind of, 
Tommy says, maybe she, maybe Doctor Lipschitz is gonna be your new mommy. Yeah, yeah, she, the new mommy. Yeah, yeah. I caught that yeah, too so... as a kid. I, I don't think I recognized that off because of, you know I was a kid. But yeah, rewatching yeah. it as an adult, I I remember picking up on that. And I'm like, huh. I, I, because it actually made me wonder. I'm like, yeah, whatever happened to Chucky's mom? And I, I, I then stopped it. I paused it and I had to Google because I was like, what? And and I remember reading that, uh, you know, that that this was like the first episode where they allude that she had passed. I was like, yeah. oh no shit. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, so there's a ring at the at the door. The doorbell rings. One might say. Hmm. And this is the thing, like, all this scene has barely, like, progressed. Like, Dee Dee and Stu just went into the kitchen. Tommy and Chucky have that conversation really quick. And now Dee Dee's at the door, assuming that it's Dr. Lipschitz, and it is instead Chaz. Chucky's mm. dead. Um, and she says, that I thought you were a psychiatrist. And he's just like, no, just another faceless bureaucrat. Um, and she mentions that they have Dr. Lipschitz coming over for dinner, and I guess this is the first instance of them connecting over the fact that they both worship Dr. Lipschitz, uh, because she's surprised that he reads him. <laughs> yeah, I don't... And she's like, oh, I got 12 volumes on tape, how-to guide... And at that point, we're introduced for the first time in the episode to Stu's father, Pop, who's probably one of the better characters on the show, in my yeah, opinion. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. He, Hands down. He is, he gets, like, tasked with watching the kids so often, and I feel, like, if my memory is correct, like, every single time he just falls asleep in the chair. Yeah. And that's why yeah. the stories happen. So, like, he yeah. he watches the kids, but that gives, it's it's the MacGuffin to give the kids the, mm. uh, yes. you know, the ability yep. to have their adventures. Like, yeah, because he's just an old retired man that just sleeps on, you know, the couch or a chair. And I'm yeah, just going to point out his name is Lou. And his sons are Drew and Stu. <laughs> I, I've always loved that. Even, convention as, there. even as a kid, I've always loved the fact that all their names rhymed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's not a fan of Lipschitz, and he starts bad-mouthing him. Uh, mm. Calling him a crackpot. And, of course, that's when Dr. Lipschitz arrives, who is a German doctor who supposedly knows how to be a mommy and uh it, it's important to note he's voiced by tony J. who i i'll ask oh Corey, i was gonna make it i was gonna make keith look bad because he wouldn't know but i just oh, heard I you say know. who is that uh okay so basically from like the probably the 60s to like 2000s Almost every Disney movie where you had a bad guy, he was the voice of the bad guy. Uh, like in the Jungle really? Book, he was uh, the tiger, Shere Khan. Uh, in the Hunchback of Notre Dame, or Notre Dame, sorry. <laughs> uh, he was, uh, I can't remember the name of the character, but he was the main bad guy. And uh, yeah, he was like 
one of Disney's go-to voice actors for, for villains. Hmm. Uh, but he also did a ton of other voice acting work. Um, so I, I reckon, like, I heard the voice. I'm like, I, I know that's a very familiar voice. It's doing a German accent, but I know that voice. And then, like, halfway through the, the episode, I'm like, that's Sheer Khan from the, the Jungle Book. <laughs> I was like, I know that guy. So, yeah, it, he's literally voiced... A, a million characters and uh, had a long career and uh, it was just really cool to, to hear his voice. <laughs> Alright. I feel like all those Disney movies are like ones that I just haven't watched that much. Like I, I think I saw hmm. a bootleg version of The Hunchback of Notre Dame on VHS. <laughs> Like, I specifically remember, unless they did something weird with the way they put that on VHS, I remember it, like, having an audience, like, from a theater at the at the end of it, like, applauding. I don't remember. I, I so, definitely watched it. So I feel like that was time. literally someone who, like, took a video camera to their <laughs> premiere and just like aimed it perfectly at the screen and then at the end when people like started standing up to get up and leave and whatever they were also yeah. caught on film uh really weird <laughs> anyway uh so they start backpedaling and they're just like oh he meant very skilled uh brilliant intelligent crackpot and you know it's pretty obvious just from the jump here that Dr. Lipschitz is just interested in the goulash. It looks like he's just interested in the food. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's already, you know, where's the food at? Where's the food at? Uh, and they immediately go into the kitchen. And Tommy and uh, Chucky start, like, talking about, like, that's the Lipschitz? He doesn't look like a mommy to me. And... It's just like, oh, look, but he's got hair on its chin. <laughs> and Tommy's like, lots of other mommies have hair on their chins. Yep. They do? <laughs> yeah, like the lady who works at the dry cleaners and he even has a purse. Um, so the purse is kind of <laughs> like their goal because yeah. they're trying the to purse. prove that this is a the mommy because he's going to have a whole mm. bunch of mommy stuff in there like you know stuff that you know babies mommies would have like bottles and little knickknacks and stuff like that so they're going into the dinner art so i wonder if in this episode they actually show us what their goulash looks like because it's in a it's in like a crock pot bowl so they mm. don't accept for when they're at the table and and Dr. Lipschitz is going on a long tangent. Um, the grandfather is sleeping and <laughs> Stu is sleeping with his face down in his bowl of goulash. He's he's literally drowning. Like he right. he is he is on the precipice of death. And <laughs> And, like, he wakes up, because Dee Dee, I, I don't know if Dee Dee, like, tapped him or something to wake him up, but he goes to, he wakes up, and his face is just covered in, like, brown gravy. Like, that's 
kind of what it looks like. And and he goes, oh, it's time to get up. I'll make breakfast. And then Dee Dee like, distracts the doctor by saying, like, oh, let's just move into the other room and have dessert. Because her husband embarrassed her. And at the same time, I get it. I would have fallen asleep. I would have tried to drown myself in my goulash too if I had to listen to this doctor. <laughs> yeah, and all he's all he's doing is like coming up with like these little things that they're doing wrong, like tying a bib. Uh, oh yeah, the way they're lifting their ch- their children. Oh it's yes. just like come on, mm-hmm. dude. It, well, tying the bib is if you tie it too loosely, then you you basically tell them that you don't love them and if you tie it too tightly then you stifle their freedom of expression like it was just yep. like honestly this is like the new like this was not the genesis the of, of this was not the genesis of <laughs> but this was a satirical recounting of new age parenting bullshit from like 30 years ago that still kind of exists nowadays, even though it's been made fun of and disproven of like, no, you're, you're being, you're overanalyzing everything to the extreme, being really fucking ridiculous about your children. Like, how about you just teach your child to be polite and kind? Mm. do, Do that. Teach your child to be polite to adults and kind to other children. There you go. I don't know, Keith. I'm going to worry about how tight I do the bib. Well, if their face turns purple, it's too tight, Tom. <laughs> That's... I'm stifling their freedom. <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> you're stifling their fucking life force. <laughs> Which is Generally, te- you don't have to worry freedom. about that anymore, though, because you don't tie a bib like that. That's true. It's all Velcro or snaps. Yeah. I mean, you no, don't, Tom. You don't really get that many choices. Tom, no, Tom. <laughs> a, a, Tom, an adult <laughs> with a, a doctor degree, degree in experimental nuclear physics puts this bib on his knees, sees the two different halves of the Velcro, and instead ties a really fucking tight knot. <laughs> just, just like goes to town like this is this is like a quadruple it's a quadruple windsor it's like and at the end of it he takes a picture and posts (laughs) it to instagram with his niece boy scout as fuck just like passed out on the floor and he's like look at how good i tie a bib and people are just like is she okay And then, Tom, so and then Tom saves her life and brags about it afterwards. Mm, I'm such a good doctor. I mean, you saved her life, for God's sake. <laughs> That's why you're a doctor. So, so during the dinner, uh, Tommy bullseyes Dr. Lipschitz with some of his food. Mashed potatoes. That causes Dee Dee to... Yeah, she brings him, uh, her, her kid and Chucky out to the playpen... Which, of course, gives them their freedom that they usually get each episode because the parents neglect them. Yep. And, of course, <laughs> here's our chance. And he goes for his patented uh, little screwdriver toy that he hides. Usually, I think mm. he hides it in his diaper. Yes. I was going to say yeah. that. Which yep. begs the question, like, what happens when he gets a diaper change or do they just never change his diaper? Well, so... <laughs> Number one, like, why is there a screwdriver in here every fucking time? Dude? Number one, that's really <laughs> awkward because 
that screwdriver's got baby dick all over it. So there's, <laughs> there's, 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 it's because. <laughs> Because the problem is that Chucky uses it later. See, so he, he's basically touched Tommy's dick. Like, that's... Mm. It's weird. It's weird, right? Like, Tom, if I was like, hey, oh, you need a cell phone to use? Let me let me just pull my cell phone out from underneath oh. my balls. Put this on your face. Like, go ahead, make oh. a call. It was super like, wet. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> super... <laughs> Like a nice kick. <laughs> so, uh, yep. So, <laughs> they're now back on their mission to get to that purse to see if Dr. Lipschitz really is a mommy. Uh, I think it's funny that, like, the only reason they're able to even get out of their little cage here is the fucking latches on the inside. He doesn't even really need I was gonna the say screwdriver. That. The latches on the inside, it's not even on the outside. The parents set up the cage backwards. They're Wrong. The... Yeah. 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 Oh, God. But it's easier to animate this way, so that's what they did, I guess. Mm-hmm. It is, because otherwise... You... Well, I feel like, honestly, the animators are probably just like, well, number one, it's hard to animate. Number two, you got to... Are you gonna believe that a baby's gonna reach around the other side of this cage to undo the latch? Like, no way. So, <laughs> I, did you just talk about a baby giving a reach? Baby around? reach around. Uh, yeah, that's no, terrible. I, I heard it to, too. I, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> Chucky has already touched the screwdriver, so. <laughs> Stop pod- writing goddamn Rugrats no, fanfic. Our, our podcast is on. A, it's on a fucking. <laughs> that list unfortunately now. probably already exists. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're already on the list. Let's just yeah. lean into it. Right. So they get to Doctor Lipschitz's bag, and they literally kick the shit out of it until it opens, because you know yeah. that's how they open things, I guess. Apparently, that's the first thing. And it's a whole do. bunch of mommy stuff, like <laughs> bottles, you know, burp rags, I guess. Uh, back in the kitchen, this is when Stu is awoken from his goulash uh, dinner, and <laughs> Dee Dee suggests moving into the living room for dessert. Um, I think this is when the guys dip out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Tommy and Chucky are talking uh, about like how... Dr. Lipschitz cut the vegetables, uh, put the bib on them so that he probably is going to be a mommy or something like that. Or specifically Chucky's mommy. Yep. Mm. What if you're getting a new mommy? Which is, oh. Chaz could do so much better. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey. When we get to a point later on, I, I, I'll have to point out the uh, the character uh, of Lipschitz went from being a very like frumpy, chubby, fifty year old man to uh, well later we'll see him in a bathrobe. I'm not going to explain too much, but all of a sudden he goes from a frumpy fifty year old man to having like an hourglass figure. <laughs> 
you know, I don't know if you noticed, but like all of a sudden, I was like, why did they change his figure so much? He, he, oh, jeez, wow. I don't think I noticed that. Oh, I uh, did. I was just like, well, what the we'll, heck? We'll get to that in a little bit here. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, when... Dr. Lipschitz sees that the kids have a pop-up book in their playpen. He confiscates it immediately, saying that it fosters um, delusions? delusions. Delusional thinking? Something like that. Fosters delusions, and it needs yeah. to be taken away. Of course, you know, you can't just take a kid's toy away. Like, they're going to they're gonna freak out. Mm-hmm. Um, so... He then also chastises Dee Dee and Chaz for picking up their kids when they're crying. And let me show you a relaxation technique I like to call quiet time. And he gets everybody to sit down in a circle. He brings out his little cassette player. And it's quiet time. It's like a meditation thing, which honestly really wouldn't work on kids. But... The guys use this moment to sneak out of the house, right? Yeah. Exactly. After yeah. Tommy grabs uh, a pen and oh, an old school pen. Well, and besides the Dr. pen, with ink. Besides the pen being old school, let's just go back to the fact that you mentioned that he he pulled out a cassette, and he put a cassette into a cassette player to to play that the background music i'm wondering like how many of our fans uh were born after Even cassettes went the way of the yeah they, they disappeared after you know what by like the by 2000 they kind of just stopped making yeah. them because right? we were making cds I, at that point so did anybody else go through the same thing with forms of media where it was like the new media would come out and you'd be like reluctant. Yeah. Cause like you had so many cassette tapes and then you had so many, uh, VHS tapes or you had so many DVDs. So you didn't want Blu-ray. Yep. yep. I just like, I, I remember specifically with Blu-ray, my thought process was, and it still kind of is just because I've never had like a really, really good TV. Where it's just like, it doesn't really make a difference which one I have. Or which one I watch. Hmm. Like, I just don't really see it. Because everything else I have hasn't been upgraded enough to the point where, like, I'm not on, like, the 4K level of blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Whereas, like, there were significant jumps. Like, if you watch, like, a VHS tape compared to a DVD, like, that's a really significant yeah. jump. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no way you wouldn't notice that. Um, mm. Whereas, like, DVD to Blu-ray, like, I just didn't see it. Well, that, and I think one of my issues, I think I've mentioned this in the past, probably when we were watching Star Wars, uh, my first DVD player was a PS2. Right. Which I feel like was everybody's, or a lot of people's yeah. first DVD player, yep. because it was probably the most affordable thing. Yep. And that's why the yeah. PlayStation 2 is, like, one of and, the best-selling consoles of all time. And you already had it in your house. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And, like, that's the only reason I even dabbled in DVDs. But, like, I remember one of the first ones <laughs> I ever bought for it was uh, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. 
And I remember it being so dark on DVD. And I think it might just be the PS2, looking back on it. Could be. Oh. Because I've watched it on DVD, like, after that, and it wasn't that dark. But it was at a point when I wasn't using my PS2 for a DVD player anymore. Mm. I don't know. I still have mine. It's downstairs. I, I use that well into college. That was my DVD player. I remember... My first like year or two in grad school, while I was, uh, you know, at my apartment up there, I, I remember uh, buying the Arrested Development like season one and season two uh, on DVD, and being so excited to rush back to my apartment to pop it in the PS2 and play it mm. on my big boxy CRT, you know, yeah. TV. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to be to be totally honest, um, in my family room, if I want to play a DVD. I use my PS4. So yeah. the tradition Ooh. has continued. <laughs> yep. Good. Yeah, Good. I have a PS3 that does my DVD and uh, Blu-ray playing now. So the thing mm. is, though, with Blu-ray is that the, the reason why you didn't see a big enough jump is, be, is because a lot of the stuff that we were potentially watching on DVD right before Blu-ray came out was... I would say higher quality DVD. And then when Blu-ray first came out, it was like you needed the whole setup. Like if you were still playing Mm -hmm. that on the same TV and the TV was not like a brand new TV. Yeah. You Mm. weren't, you weren't going to see a difference. Cause like you were playing something that was 720 on something that could probably handle 720 through DVD or maybe DVD was slightly downgrading the 720, and then you're playing Blu-ray, which could handle, like, 1080, and then if your TV could only handle 720, it was, like, okay, very nominal. But if you watch something on 720, and then you actually watch something on 4K, there is a very stark clarity difference. I will caveat, though, with the fact that, like, if you watch a whole bunch of 4K stuff on a 4K TV, 4K becomes not impressive at all anymore. Like, it's it's all, like, what you get used... Like, because, honestly, like, I have, a, I have a 4K TV in my family room, and when I first got it, I was like, I'm gonna... I upgraded my Netflix account. I was like, I want all 4K stuff. Everything 4K that I could watch on Netflix and Amazon. I was like, I'm watching all this stuff. And then eventually I was like, oh, a lot of this stuff is here just because it's 4K and it's not actually entertaining. <laughs> and I just don't care yeah. so much about the picture quality yep. anymore. Let me watch something. You're that's watching actually... all the stuff in like the stores when they're advertising the uh, 4K TVs <laughs> with all the vibrant colors. And yeah, shit. there's only so many times you can watch Planet Earth too. Like, come on, it's yeah, like, right. like eventually I'm just like, nah. You know what? Let me let me watch some Bob's Burgers. Like, <laughs> you know, like Keith, you're uh, you're. 3d tv what what resolution was that in um that was 1080 Ah, because i was gonna say whatever it was it was still good enough to to scare the 
crap out of who was it was it Corey that got me we were watching oh, yeah. the 3d yeah yeah we so, were watching what was it oh man Hansel and Hansel gretel, and gretel. We, we need to we need we <laughs> fucking crossbow firing at the screen we need to the shit out yeah of this is the thing is that we have not because of the you know the ridiculous state of the the world um we need to hang out again in person because you realize that in my bonus room, which I'm sitting in currently, um, which is filled with laundry that is folded but not put away, I have a 10-foot projector screen on one wall with an HD projector hanging from the ceiling on the other side of the room, which does 3D. Hmm. It's a 10-foot screen. It's not a TV. It's And it's... I have the glasses, like the the actual 3D glasses. You, they are active glasses. The glasses themselves require batteries. It is... Jesus. Oh, wow. An even better 3D. Because it's DLP um, 3D. So it's an even better 3D than that TV was. And it is the screen the size of a wall. It's It's quite... The thing is, I've only used it. Actually, the funny thing is, is that he only uses it for porn. No, I've <laughs> the only time I used it actually, I bought Checks a couple. Out. So when I got the screen, I bought I bought some movies from I bought some children's movies for my from, daughter from that little shack. <laughs> down no, the... <laughs> I, I had to be very clear on this. No, because we from the we, back room because we got the projector and stuff. Um, you know, during COVID and. We and then we we're like, oh, let's get this. Like, I found this screen; it was a decent deal, and we got that. And I hung it on the wall, and we got everything set up, and we did it all because it was COVID. Because it was like, oh, well, if we're not going out as much, let's let's beef up some of the stuff at home and like make this more entertaining. So, my daughter was not into the 3D stuff because, like, she tried it like once, and she was just too young. Because this was like, you know a year and a half or close to two years ago. And now she'd probably be more into it because she's almost five. But she did like watching movies on the screen. And honestly, we probably watched a movie on this screen three or four times a week um, at night before bedtime. If we could line it up so mm. that way, like we started the movie and it ended like by bedtime, then like mm. her bedroom's like, you know, because we're already on the second floor, so the bedroom's right around the corner. It's like, okay, go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, go to bed, boom, done. Nice and easy. But um, but honestly, the like, and we haven't used it in a while now, but having this screen, watching a 3D movie on it, like, with the way the room's set up, it's pretty good. Like, hmm. we should we should get together at some point and, and do that and Ooh. scare the shit out of Corey again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just put the same movie on. Well, no, we'll put the same movie. That on, was but, my first. But it's a bigger screen. That was my party. first 3D experience, though. Like, oh. I, I wasn't one of those guys that went and watched Avatar in the fucking theater. Like, that was my first 3D experience. So I didn't think that was even possible. I think that's the only reason it got me. Yeah, because it, it was. It was like, oh shit, it's coming for me. <laughs> Which, that was honestly, out of all the 3D movies that I own, I would say that Hansel and Gretel uh, is still the number one the movie. One. Was, it was, well, it was good. for 3D. For 3D, for 3D it was, they did a good job. There they were did certain, a good job. Yeah, there yeah. were certain points of the movie that were specifically 
filmed to yes. accentuate the 3D aspect. Whereas a lot of movies that are 3D are just these movies that have action in them that they remaster into 3D. Yeah. But it's yep. like Hansel and Gretel had that whole opening sequence with like the the two-dimensional paper town that the camera's like flying over in a so the two-dimensional aspect of it and the fact that it's flying over it makes the 3D like accentuated. Just like the arrow flying at the screen makes the 3D accentuated. A lot of these other movies, like when you watch like, you can watch Ant-Man in 3D. There's no, like, there's there's no part of that movie that they're trying to actually like jump scare the audience because of a 3D thing mm, came yeah. through the screen. Like, you're just watching it with extra depth and that's mm. that's it. So it's like you're watching a picture frame with some depth to it. And mm. that's like mm. okay, but it's not a good use of 3D. Anyway, we should talk about Rugrats. Yeah, so <laughs> uh Lou Grandpa uh, Lou. pop decides to be the ringleader on getting them to all desert and go to the ball game, including Chaz. Uh, when Dee Dee and Dr. Lipschitz come back and she realizes this, she becomes very upset, and Dr. Lipschitz awkwardly coaxes her into going to the baseball game to retrieve her husband and make a stand for herself. Um, which is, like, such a crazy so thing, weird. because she does go, but she leaves her kids, like, Tommy and Chucky, well, at home alone with this stranger. Well, not only that, but, like, he apparently doesn't know that she's leaving the two yeah, kids Yeah, like, either. no one thinks about the kids. Yes. And that's part of the, the one of the themes of Rugrats is the parents only occasionally remember <laughs> that they have these kids. So, I have a Whenever theory. Whenever it's convenient. I have a theory that yeah. um, all the parents are on drugs. <laughs> it would make sense. I mean, if you just look at the way they're... Hmm. Dr- so... So Chaz is a tweaker, right? Yeah, I can see that. Stu is a stoner. Yep, definitely. And Dee Dee is uh, on like some sort of amphetamines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying, like it fits. It fits their personalities. It fits their looks. Like it's. What's Lou on? Oh, Lou's just drunk. <laughs> okay. he's, he's old school he's yeah, not he's an alcoholic. he just he just drinks old school alcoholic yeah he just yeah he just, <laughs> he just drinks then he falls yeah. asleep while he's watching the kids <laughs> hey listen you, you don't know. want to know what dr lipschitz is on so let's yeah he's actually no you do want to know he's special gay no he's on multiple things because obviously he's hungry right he gets invited to a strange lady's house who he just signed a book for and she's like hey Mm. i'm gonna make goulash you want to come over and he's like fuck yeah i'm stoned as shit give me some food (laughs) but apparently while he's there i would like to say that he ate mushrooms or maybe mushrooms were in the goulash because as we'll see later yeah he does not act like a doctor. 
he is just all well, in it for the um, experience. Okay, well, well I'm going to have to explain something to you, Keith. Once you get your doctorate, you're, you're allowed to do certain things. It's kind of like how... You know, James Bond, 007, gets a license to kill. Wow. So, you know, he could do his thing. When you are got your doctorate, you, you have a license to just automatically take charge of a situation so you can eat other people's food. It doesn't matter um, what this, what's going on. You just coax people into thinking, you can trust me. No, I'm a doctor. I'll take care of the situation. But you're really going to eat their food. Let's continue the episode, though, because he doesn't <laughs> just eat other people's food. There's other liberties to be taken. Oh, he, can, oh, he I know. completely makes himself at home. He makes himself, what was it, some kind of sandwich? A corned beef sandwich. Corned corn beef. beef sandwich. Which, yeah. by the way, he... watching TV. No, so this is the thing is, this is why he comes in stoned. is because he came in, he literally ate dinner, then he had dessert, and as soon as she and leaves, he, second dinner, he makes himself a, a giant fucking sandwich. <laughs> like, I am sorry, but no. The thing is, if you literally just had dinner and dessert, you wait like a couple hours and then have another sandwich. You don't just immediately go, oh yeah, it's Sam. I just, I just had dinner. I just ate dessert. <laughs> Not if now it's keep. sandwich time. When you're a doctor, it's always sandwich time. <laughs> it's one of the things damn, you just don't know. I, seriously. Yeah, sorry. I understand. Why I love sandwich time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole like reason I became yeah. a doctor. Sometimes the hardest choice is between sandwich time and bedtime. And, you know, it is mm. it is a hard choice. Or you do and sandwich you, time and then bedtime. Well, that's the problem. Yep. You don't want to fall so asleep that, accidentally with the sandwich hard. in your mouth because that's dangerous. True. True. But anyway, Corey, continue. So he eats the sandwich. <laughs> yeah, so he eats the sandwich and is watching TV and on TV they have a bubble bath commercial and that brings up the bright idea for him to be like, Oh, well, you know, I'm already taking all these liberties with this house. Let me take a bubble bath, which is a weird thing to just assume someone has it the ready for you mm. and that you'd be able to figure out where it is. Well, also <laughs> like maybe the nineties were different and I don't remember that. While but... you're in somebody's house for the first time and they've left you alone in the house and then you're just like, Oh, I'm just going to take a bath in your house. Just get naked on your own in the yeah. house. Yeah. I don't know when you're coming back, but let me go just take a bubble bath. It's part yeah. of the doctor code. You guys just don't understand. <laughs> God damn it. I just don't know. Just get randomly naked in your house, Keith. You know the problem is, is that it doesn't. <laughs> Next time I go to Keith's, Corey, I am. I'm taking a bubble bath. Corey, the problem is, is that it definitely doesn't sound right. But I'm not a doctor, so I can't refute it. <laughs> yeah. So this entire time that the doctor's taking all these liberties, the kids are super afraid of him because. They now think that he is going to be both their mommies. Yes. Since everybody left. Um, so they're trying to hide from him, and one of the places they decide to hide is under Stu's bathrobe in the bathroom. <laughs> um, which, of course, doesn't help them very much when the doctor does decide to go in there and help himself to a bubble bath. So let me just say that those two children got 
scarred. An anatomy lesson. Oh. An eye full of lip shits. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so he finally realizes that they're, the kids have been left home alone with him when he's in the bubble bath, balls deep in there, and <laughs> they try and open the door to leave the bathroom, and everybody screams. And at this point, he's panicking because he, at least we can infer, doesn't have any kids of his own, yeah. uh, just spouts bullshit, and doesn't really actually know anything practical about taking care of children. <laughs> so he's panicking. What do I do? What do I do? Be quiet, babies. Please be quiet. And so he tries a few things. A funny face. Uh... The Gets patented the milk, lip right? shits baby formula. Yeah. And nothing he is trying to do is working. Uh, considers changing their diaper. Luckily, he doesn't actually go through with it because that's kind of weird to put on a TV show. Uh, <laughs> and then he just like breaks down and starts throwing a tantrum on the floor. And at that point, Tommy and Chucky realize... Oh, the Lipschitz isn't a mommy, he's a baby. So <laughs> then they get down on the floor and start playing with him. And that's when he realizes, oh, all they wanted to do was play. Which is not really true. They wanted to not be terrified. Yeah, they didn't want him <laughs> It just so mommy. happens that... Yeah, it just so happens that he would not ever be able to understand the narrative that they were working with. Hmm. Yeah, so he gives them piggyback ride throughout the house, and uh, Stu and Dee Dee finally get home, and they're just like, oh my god. Uh, his <laughs> Stu's main concern is, why are you in my robe, not where are my kids? Yeah. <laughs> Once again, great parenting. Um, and Dr. Lipschitz basically tells them that, you know, it's no problem, he's going to be revising his manuals on baby care based on this uh, trip and his experiences with their Rugrats. Um, and, yeah. Which is crazy, because he's been that's, with them for that's maybe... That's the first part of this episode. Like an hour or two, <laughs> and he's like, oh, now that I've had one experience with babies, I'm mm. revising volumes of parenting information. Yeah. Like... Because Chaz said he had like a plus volumes. yeah, like a ten or twelve volume set, and, and this doctor's just like, oh, now that I've actually interacted with babies, I'm rewriting all of it. <laughs> Sounds like a doctor Phil to me. But the thing is, based on what we see, his revision is just give babies what they want. Mm. Wow, well. you know, play with them, <laughs> give them what they want. Yeah, yeah. Or if that doesn't because that's work, all we see. That's all we see. If that doesn't work, flop on the ground and cry. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I have a temper tantrum about how, how you're failing. Yeah, because that's how. He that's what I should have done when I had a fistful of shit, right? Yeah, you should just <laughs> smeared that all over the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd realize all your baby wanted to do was play. I mean, you know what's <laughs> funny is that when your when your kid gets old, I can't say because my daughter's almost five. You can do a little bit of reverse psychology where, like, depending on the behavior of what they're doing, 
You can kind of just like not copy them, but mirror that behavior back. And then when they get, or he's going to be shitting in Cardi's hands. No, no. (laughs) No. I said when they get older, when they get older, you can kind of mirror that behavior back. And then when they get frustrated, you could just be like, yeah, I know. It's really frustrating. Right. Like you can, cause you can like try to course correct them. And you're like, you're not listening right now because I'm telling you like, this is the order of operations. And when they still don't listen, you could just like kind of like mirror back to them and I've done that to Maya before. And then just been like, oh, do you get really frustrated when I don't listen to you? And she'd be like, yeah. And I'm like, so how, <laughs> so how do you think I feel when you don't listen to me? And she'll just be like, oh. Like I'm like, shit in my hand. So then I'm like, let's take, <laughs> let, let's take a step back. And what do we need to do to get what we want now? And she'll be like, okay. Like, fine. <laughs> like, fine, you, Dad. The thing is, though, is that, like, <laughs> she hasn't fully learned the lesson because she'll just do the same thing next time. But at the same time, there's a moment there where I get the acceptance where she's like, okay, I'll do the correct. I'll pick up my plate <laughs> and put it in the sink for you and then go wash my hands. And I'm like, yep, you're going to. I'm glad it took us 30 minutes to get to this point. Thank you. <laughs> She's mm. stubborn, but I've had 36 years of being stubborn. She's only had a little less than five. Hey, listeners, Corey here real quick to see if you can help us out and grow the podcast by leaving a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, if you enjoy the show, wouldn't it be great to share it with friends and family? Just a suggestion. <laughs> oh god it smells like shit oh. Oh. I was going to say you could tell it's summertime because my dog starts you know he bears an English bulldog so he's huffing and puffing when he's warm and I try to keep him in the AC as much as possible but you know we go out for our walks and he gets warm and he's huffing and puffing and swallowing air and then he starts farting and that's what happened today mm. <laughs> now he's he's farting to get all that air he swallowed out and man he's just he can clear the room Oof, damn <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so nasty he's gonna be doing this all night oh mm. He's still not as bad as Archie. Archie was bad. You remember. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Keith, you remember when Archie would uh, hang out <laughs> underneath the table by oh, our feet and then no. just let, let it rip? <laughs> that was the original. That was where the term carpet bombing actually came oh. from. It was from Archie. <laughs> Oh, he, yeah, he was so bad with that. God damn, did he fart. Oh, God. And the the thing is, is that, like, all dogs fart, right? Just like most most things with buttholes, but (laughs) Archie's farts were just fucking rank. Like, the thing is, is that, like, I've always had dogs growing up. Like, my parents always had dogs um, until, until after... Me and my sister moved out, and they were like, nah, no more dogs. So, because mm. <laughs> I feel like my parents, my dad especially, really likes dogs. But the problem is that, like, he can't deal. 
so well with like the end of life of dog right right like yeah. that's hard because you you have this animal and you grow to love it and then eventually it dies and that's really fucking hard and mm. the animal is also a very big responsibility and now my dad's retired and he's you know He's like, I have grandchildren. Why would I want pets? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel like that's the stage of life that he's in. Of like, yes, I like dogs, but I'd rather just hang out with my grandkids and send them home instead of having a dog <laughs> that I have the responsibility to take care of that eventually dies and makes me sad. So, mm. and I totally get that because I've already had one of our animals die. And, um, mm. you know, that was... And we didn't, it was a cat that was less than a year old, and that was already really rough and very yeah. costly as well on top of it. And, like, I still have a cat and a dog left. I'm like, oh, God, like, I am not looking forward to that. But to my point, yeah. they at least don't fart as bad as Archie. <laughs> I guess uh, Archie was a good dog, though. Archie was a really good yeah. dog. Yeah. <laughs> he just, man, he, he just, oh. Damn. He would, I, I, we'd be talking and I just, I remember we'd be playing Dungeons and Dragons and I could just be in the middle of speaking and I, I could see a look creep across either your face oh, or, no. or yeah. Corey's face. Well, Cause you like would just, the, you would start <laughs> smelling it just a little, like a, you'd a be li- like, yeah. oh, there's yeah. something <laughs> funky happening. And the problem yep. is, is that like, once you smelled that, you had a few seconds. Yep. Because as soon as everybody else started getting up, it would like disturb the air underneath uh-huh. the table. And Pick like if if you were the last one to leave the room, you were coughing. You you were Yep. You were tear gassed at that point. That was uh, uh, that was terrible. Yeah. Yep. And those problems that he just wanted to be close to everybody, so he would lay underneath the table that everybody was sitting at and then just silently fill the entire underside of the <laughs> table with just putrid dog air. Dog butthole <laughs> air. Yep. There's got to be a better word for that. Fart. No, yeah. no. That's, it's, <laughs> it, does, it does not describe the heinousness. <laughs> Flatulence. Fart. No. <laughs> it's like Agent Dog Orange. <laughs> it's it, it would clear the room. Nobody mm. could survive standing in that room. <laughs> he was literally causing a delay of game. You know, and as funny as it was when it happened to you guys, just imagine you know, my family getting together for Sunday dinner. <laughs> yeah, generally we well, back then we might have been eating food at the time, but I, I was going to actually think I, I thought that you were going to say and imagine he sleeps in my room because oh, yeah because like Tom at this point you should have some sort of like really hearty immunity to a lot of things. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I, I have developed it. It doesn't bother or, or, me as or much as I taste for it. No, or cancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
you you either you either are strengthened or severely debilitated by the (laughs) immense amount of dog farts you have huffed in your lifetime oh yeah jeez you know the last decade now i've been dealing with with bulldog farts and they they are potent archie between archie and barrison they have they have dog fart hot boxed your room (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) so bear just got up he was sleeping but i I was laughing a little too much he just got up he walked by me he turned and he gave me a look like fuck you (laughs) and he just walked out of my room (laughs) but but did he fart on the way out oh well we'll see you won't know for another five seconds Uh, he gave you that i'm sick of your shit look yeah yeah yep uh so uh should we talk about the next part of the episode at some point yeah so welcome back listeners uh at this point we have to talk about the second part of this two-parter i guess um like i mentioned earlier episodes of rugrats had two parts uh two episodes within an episode i guess and the second part is actually the reason I wanted to watch this particular episode because it's what big people do. And I feel like I quote this episode, like there's one line near the end. I think I quote it like at least once a week. Usually to my wife. <laughs> um, and it starts out once again with a very abstract look at what looks to be a golden cylinder. And we later find out is a little, uh, I guess, golden lipstick container. Yeah. Just a lipstick, whatever it's called. Mm. I don't know. We're we're dudes. (laughs) And Tommy and Chucky are, you know, reaching through their playpen trying to grasp it because they want to play with it. Which I I can completely get the concept because Carter is exactly like that. Yeah. Mm. If, oh, if, look, he, sees, if he sees something like that or, or just anything, like if you present him with anything, he wants it. Yep. Like he well, wants I, to play my, with it. my brother, when I was little, my, my youngest brother, uh, I, I remember him actually playing with my mother's lipstick. Like he would pull it out and, and if he could, he would Try either use it. it like as a, well, no, he, he would use it to write on like, you know, the wall or the counter, but sometimes he would also just start caking it all over his lips and his face, and, and, you know, then he'd start (laughs) smudging it all over his cheeks, thinking he was putting rouge on, and, yeah. Tom, where were your fucking parents when this was happening? Well, you have to understand, Keith. Parents don't uh, hang out, Keith. In the early 90s, parents did not give a shit about their children. They They didn't pay attention. They followed Rugrats rules. They're more concerned about bathrobes. Yeah, that's true. They followed Rugrats rules. So, yeah, Yeah. that checks out. Okay. So I was going to say, now in the 2020s, um, I'm constantly, like, watching my children all the time. (laughs) Or, in Levi's sake, putting him somewhere where he is not within arm's reach of things that he can, like, make big messes with or (laughs) choke on or hurt himself with, you know. Mm. Which, I forgot, the 90s, it was all like, Lord of the Flies, here you go, kid. Here's a knife. Yeah. Figure it out. Pretty much, yeah. In in fact, I know 
some of you uh, or some of my friends, and, and including you guys, might have heard me in the past refer to like HBO being my babysitter when I was a kid, uh, because like that that's you know not to knock my father or be, not that I think he'll ever listen to our podcast, but if he ever does, you know, uh, one of his things was you know he plop you down in front of the TV and we had HBO and we had movie channels and stuff. Uh, my parents had that when we were growing up. And I, I wonder if it was predominantly for the fact that they could use that as a babysitter. Cause I remember being like, you know, this is before preschool sitting in the living room floor, watching swamp thing with my brother, Chris, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the original swamp thing movie from yeah. way back in like the, the eighties or early nineties. And, and I remember, like, that that's what I did for almost two hours. We just sat there watching the movie. And then, you know, the, I, I remember when uh, that's when I saw uh, Star Wars, A New Hope, the first time. That I remember being a little kid with, um, do you remember the second Home Alone movie? He had the recorder, that the Talkboy yeah. oh, yeah. recorder. Talk I had one. Yeah, I, had I, I got one for Christmas. And I bet you my mother because she's a hoarder <laughs> and uh if you dig through her basement she probably still has the talk boy recorder where there's a cassette of me doing a running commentary when i'm like six on star wars <laughs> as is playing and uh yeah so anyhow tv was my babysitter basically for a lot of my childhood you know so that's kind of why i've seen so many things and i i recognize so many pop culture references because from a very early age <laughs> you know I, I was a 90s kid you know growing up i mean obviously born in the 80s you know later 80s but growing up in the 90s so yeah you're, you're just like rugrats your parents didn't pay attention to you <laughs> mm. well i mean at least mine didn't. <laughs> I, think, I think action figures were more my babysitter. I remember playing with a lot ah. of action figures at all times. Mm. And just generally yeah, playing by myself. Bad, I remember it was like an event when I'd be able to like play a game with my mom. Because she was always mm. like working, you know, single mother mm. and everything. Right, so it was right, just right. like... Every once in a while, we'd play a board game, but for the most part, I had to entertain myself, so it would be, like, a whole bunch of action figures, Lego, mm -hmm. um, VHS tapes that I would watch way too often, like, prior to the X-Men. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I don't know, like, the problem is, is that I was, I feel, like, so clueless as a child that, like, I had so many Legos, number one, because my, my dad had like this, he had a job in the food industry, but he was a manager and a, like they had a bunch of, like they basically ran, he ran a commissary to, to make like prepackaged like lunches and stuff for these like vending machines that would have like quote unquote like homemade like lunches and dinners for businesses mm -hmm. It was like the in-between of a, tr a regular vending machine and a cafeteria. It was like cafeteria-style mm. food, but pre-made and in a vending machine. Um, mm -hmm. Very niche, like, market, but at the time was pretty popular. Um, mm. And one of their accounts was Lego. So because of mm. that, Lego, wow. like, would do this deal where they'd be like, oh, like, we'll give you a discount. 
because he was like the manager of the account and running the commissary mm. that made the food so he could get 50 percent off oh um, wow like i think only on legos to- only towards like the christmas season but yeah 50 percent off on Damn. like like he could order it direct through them and get 50 percent off like the store price which mm. legos by the way are still really expensive they were expensive yes. back then they're still expensive now like there's my brother-in-law wanted to buy and i'm pretty sure he did a a harry potter lego um like harry potter castle type of thing yeah and it was like 100 something dollars it was like 400 dollars jesus wow because it was like holy cow it was a multi-floor castle that is like open it's you know it's like cut in Mm. half kind of like you're viewing it from the inside kind of thing but like Mm. yeah it was you know like a multi thousand piece Lego set. But even, mm. even a very, like we've bought Lego things for my daughter that are very simple and very small. And it's like, this cost $30. Like yep. we assembled it yeah. in five minutes. Like, and I, my parents used to buy me like spaceships that would take me like four hours to put together. And I'm like, the appreciation now is crazy. So the thing is, uh, my whole point. I could have been the kind of kid where my parents were just like, here's this Lego thing. And I'd be like, cool. And I was so engrossed in that. I would not have noticed if they left the house for four hours and then came back. <laughs> because I was the kind of kid that if you gave me a Lego thing, that's all that existed until I was done with it. Like, that was it. And then not only that, but then once I had enough Legos, I still have at my parents' house. Eventually I'm going to then commandeer that and bring that to my children when both of my children are probably old enough but i have a ginormous <laughs> bucket of lego pieces of all those things that i've built in the past that were eventually taken apart that like i used to take that bucket and dump it out on the family room rug and just build stuff and i would just, just go to set traps for your parents oh yeah oh yeah just <laughs> a huge fucking pile of legos but like no oh i would build mainly like spaceships and space sta- like you know it was, yeah, yeah. we were in the age where it was just like space stuff was cool so like it was spaceships space yep. stations space cannons and that was also the age before all the licenses yeah mm-hmm. so like you didn't have all the Star Wars spaceships. You had to make your own spaceships. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You, you yeah. had to make them as close as you could. But, like, that was, like, that was like this golden era, though, where, like, I could I could dump out this bucket of, I got to say, at least 20, 30, 40,000 pieces of Legos. This is, Holy this is a, cow. This is a big fuck. This is... It's a barrel, Keith. It's this a big is my barrel. childhood of Legos. Every single Lego kit that my parents ever bought me is in this bucket in pieces. So it's huge. But like I could dump that out on the family room rug and then just literally comb through it. And the problem is, is that I also remembered all the pieces that were in it. So sometimes I would sit <laughs> there for 30 minutes just being like, oh, I built a, I built a spaceship and this this is my OCD. Whenever I built a spaceship, it had to be symmetrical. So, mm-hmm. of course, if I put uh, if I put a yellow so antenna, you could never make the Millennium Falcon. No, 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 I couldn't. <laughs> but if I yeah. put a yellow antenna on one side of it, it couldn't have an orange antenna on the other side. It had to have another yellow yeah. one. So I had to comb through that pile 
and and sometimes it would take 20 or 30 minutes to find the right piece so that's why i'm saying is my parents could literally leave the house for hours and i would just not know about it so to i always thought that maybe maybe i had a very attentive upbringing but maybe i was just a very distracted child because of legos (laughs) you just don't know yeah so tom was like oh i know my parents are leaving me here with hbo but whatever (laughs) whereas meanwhile i was just like legos fuck yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was the end Mm. all right so back in the episode uh they're reaching for this lipstick and we're introduced to tommy's cousin angelica who is probably for anybody who grew up during the 90s like one of the premier animated bullies yeah because she was such a prominent character on this show she's like a sociopath yeah i genuinely hated her as a child well because this is the problem is that in in any show there's bullies there's some bullies that have maybe like a reason why they're a bully because they have insecurities and they have faults and there's like a storyline behind that that's not angelica this is just her personality Okay, see, now that tells me you clearly haven't seen every Rugrat episode. Because I know there's an episode that goes into her backstory, and you kind of get a a feel for why she's such a bitch. It has to do with her parents and and being an only child, and and basically, yeah, she doesn't get enough time from her mother. And because her mother's like an executive, high power woman that, you know, she's. She brings home the bacon. In fact, I think the the Drew, her father, uh, is a stay at home father. If I'm not mistaken, I I think that's the case. So, so like the mother's like never home because she's always working. So so I so I remember the mother, and the problem is the mother's a bitch. Um, yeah. The reason why Angelica's a bitch is not because her mother's not around. It's because her mother's a bitch, and that's who she's mirroring. Well. i feel like i feel like we're using the term bitch a little bit too freely here uh from what i remember her mother is just a very career oriented woman i don't remember on the show her actually being that much of a bitch other than you know what it is just kind of ignoring her kid and she looks like an adult angelica she looks like an adult angelica i'm used to thinking of angelica as a bitch so it's just transference she wasn't a bit the mother wasn't but (laughs) so oddly enough it's funny that you mentioned that because what we'll see later in this episode kind of transfers over to the character design of the mother charlotte later in the Mm, series uh, because at this Mm -hmm. point in season two episode 13 we've not met angelica's mother at all right so later in this episode we see a fictionalized well everything's fictionalized but like an imaginary (laughs) uh grown-up version of angelica who has a lot of similarities to her mother yeah, yeah. I also want to say, though, is that if if Angelica's father is a stay-at-home dad, as you say, then why does she constantly get watched by other people for daycare? Because, well, she's constantly being watched by, well, 
I guess we could put the biggest quotation marks on watched. Yeah, Grandpa. Uh, Because this is, (laughs) like, what was your father's name, Lou? Yeah. Lou is Uh, uh, Drew and Stu's father. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, this is, like, his family. Uh, You know, like, this is his brother, this is his grandfather lives here, so of course he's coming over to visit family. Mm -hmm. Or hang out with family. Ignore his kids with his family. Stuff like that. Well, except Chucky. Chucky is not... Well, that's just a a family friend. What about Phil? Probably, probably... Family friends. Yeah. Okay. So, Tommy and Angelica are family. Are the only ones that are related like that. Yeah. They're first cousins. Okay. See, I never, I never fully connected that as a kid. I knew that. Well, obviously, this episode she says they're cousins, <laughs> right? She says like, "Oh, yeah. what, what are big cousins for?" And I'm just like, I didn't know if that applied to one of them or both of them. But the problem is, the problem is that Chucky's like always fucking there. Phil and Lil are there a lot of the time. I'm just like, is it all family? Are they running a daycare? Are they just abusing the help with this grandfather? Like, what What the hell well, is going on here? So one thing you have to realize, and I, I think I only kind of realize this now that I'm grown up, Chucky is being raised by a single father who has mm-hmm. a job as, you know, some paper pusher. Obviously, mm-hmm. we'll see later. <laughs> uh, so they probably help him out a lot by watching Chucky and that's why he's always there because yeah. he has to go and make money. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he, you know, his wife is deceased, so yeah. they were probably really close, you know, like close friends, so. Yeah. Anyway, uh Angelica comes along and sees that the babies are trying to reach the lipstick. And she starts very condescendingly and anybody that's watching realizes she's messing with them when she's just like oh would you really like to see the lipstick do you want me to get it for you and then she eventually the thing is though is it's on a stool just outside of their reach outside of Mm -hmm. like she put it there let's be like they didn't show her putting it there but there's no reason for it to be there in their field of view just out of the reach like she put it there as a trap she was like oh let me put this here and set up the situation. She's she is a sociopath, mm. <laughs> a sociopathic so, toddler. Mm-hmm. So she eventually gives it to them, and they start inspecting it. They start playing with it, and all of a sudden she starts snitching. Aunt Dee Dee, Aunt Dee Dee, and the the babies have your lip stitch, because of course she can't pronounce it right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And Aunt Didi comes and is just like, oh no, that's my favorite lipstick. You babies can't have this. This is for big people. And then, of course, Angelica has to do the nana nana boo boo, you know. This is not for little babies. Um, so after they walk away, Chucky and Tommy are talking about, like, oh man, we had it for a little while, but it's not fair. Um, if we was big peoples, we they couldn't stop us. We could have it whenever we want. So this starts a whole dream sequence in which they imagine themselves as big people and what life would be like. And I think this is one of the more interesting episodes of Rugrats because it's always interesting to see like what their perspective is on the world around them. 
because mm. especially now that I'm a father, I kind of wonder like what Carter is thinking in his little head of his. Mm. Because I can definitely see, like, <clears throat> I feel like every every parent would say this about their kid almost. But I feel like Carter is ridiculously smart to a point where I kind of am afraid. Because I'll be watching <laughs> him interact with things and it'll be like, oh, he's trying to figure this out. And then it, as I'm thinking that, it, it switches to, oh no, he's solved this already. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Kind of, you know, like that kind of like quick, like problem solving issues that he, you know, that he can do. And it's just like, oh no, we're not going to be able to stop this kid. Yep. That's so <laughs> he, <laughs> he's started using his toys to try and get out of barriers that we create for him. Nice. So he'll have like a, a, a car or a van and he'll take it and he'll bring it over to the edge of like, I have these uh, bins that we've been using kind of as like a makeshift barrier for where he can play in my office. Mm. And he'll start climbing on top of his toys to try and climb over the bins because he sees us climb over the bins. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Corey, you, just a word of parenting advice. <clears throat> you have to stop the climbing. You have to do anything you can prevent. Because the problem is, once you got a climber, mm. once they realize that climbing shit is fun... <laughs> They're going to climb everything for the next five years. Mm. Like, and that becomes increasingly more terrifying and risky. Like, I don't have a climber. Like, Maya was never a climber. Levi so far just, you know, lays on his stomach he for a little bit and then cries he about it. So. He doesn't need to climb. He's so big. He can reach anywhere. <laughs> true. <and he> true. <laughs> He's only like, you know, four foot five at this point. At the age of seven months old. I, so. I want him to grow every single time we record a podcast. And we're just like, eventually he's just oh. like. He giant actually. Man. So the thing is, is that because he's so large, he's purport, his, his head and body are proportionate. But because he's such a large baby, we had to bring him to the neurologist again because our pediatricians like his the soft spot in his skull is very large but it's very large because he's fucking huge so like we brought like nikki brought him to the neurologist this afternoon again for his second follow-up appointment and they looked at him they're just like and like they she gets the neurologist and they're just like they check him out and they're like yeah like he's he's a really big baby so like <laughs> that's that's why they're sending you here because like his soft spot's big but it's because he's big like and they were just like yeah if he has like random seizures or some like really crazy problem like you might have to come back here but like don't come back here like we don't need to see him <laughs> they're like his soft spot is like you know because that's the problem though is like when you're when your baby's height and weight and head circumference are all off the chart, but they're all proportionately off the chart. Like 
yeah, his the soft spot in his skull is abnormally large, which normally, if you had a normal-sized baby that was at, like, the 50th percentile that had a soft spot as large as his, that would cover the majority of the top of their skull. And that would be a problem, right? So, like, that's that's an issue. But, like, he's got big old big old Bernofsky head, so... That's, <laughs> that's, that's, See... <laughs> We need, see, this is why we need to, like, meet in person so we could sit our kids next to each other and we just feel like, Jesus Christ. We need to. Let's, so, <laughs> and this, you could, I don't know, you probably won't cut this out of the podcast. I know Mike wanted to get together at some point in the recent future, but I think he's actually going Saturday, to. Saturday, right? Not this Saturday, but the one after. But when I talked to him oh. a couple days ago, I think he's going to the Carolinas next week. Hmm. Either that or he's going this week and I misunderstood. But I don't I didn't question the fourth, but um I I feel like he's not gonna do that potentially because it sounded like he was gonna be out of state. So hmm. I don't know if it'll get delayed a week or not. I don't know. We should probably just text him and ask him instead of just me just conjecturing about it. But yeah. if we do something at my house then Levi could be here, and then Corey, you could just bring your kid and your wife, and then we could just, <laughs> we could compare children sizes. <laughs> I don't know. So should, is, should is I... Levi like moving around at all? No. So Carter would just. <laughs> I, I would want to film this just because Carter would be so confused. Can I oh, bring yeah, Violet like, just he, for fun? Carter, like, yeah, oh, totally. But Carter would just <laughs> be trying like, to play, and he'd be like poking him, just like, "Come on, let's go." Carter would be like, "Why is this? Why is this there? Come on, let's go." Why is this baby crippled? Why is he broken? <laughs> why is this big kid not playing with me? Oh, <laughs> yes, that's what it is. Why is oh it my god! Kid? So the thing is, is that Levi, he he can, he doesn't crawl. He can roll over. Um. And he can sit up, like, so if he's laying on his back, he cannot sit up on his own. Mm. Um, but if we put him in a sitting position... It, he it can... is defense, neither can I. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so if if we put him in a sitting position, he could sit there. The problem is that if he leans too far, like, he'll sit there perfectly fine sometimes for a while... But if he gets too far in any direction and falls in the wrong way where, like, his arm gets pinned under him, he's just like, help, help, I'm in mortal danger. But, like, if he, if he falls over in a way where his arm is not pinned underneath him, then he can, like, you know, roll around and do whatever he wants to do. So it's, it's, a, whole, it's a whole thing, though. The problem is that I feel like, honestly, he's – because he's a pudgy kid on top of it. He's not just tall – but he's chubby and he's got this big old noggin and he's just like, <laughs> it's, he's strong. Cause he is, he has grabbed like my cheek and the back. Sometimes when I'm carrying him, like when I'm walking up and he's down the stairs, your mouth. Keith. <clears throat> oh yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's true. So sometimes when I'm like walking up and down the stairs and I'll hold him up on my shoulder, he grabs the back of my hair. Like, like he's grabbing like the mane of a horse that he's riding. Like, and, and the problem is he's just like say my name, bitch. Yeah, no, he's he's strong. 
he's strong. He 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 grabs it's like iron grip. He's like what the fuck? He's like tonight we ride. <laughs> to bedtime, my faithful steed. See Who's your daddy? Well, that's, I mean, he knows, well, I don't know. He's a baby. He doesn't know. The, he doesn't, he, he's more like, who's my daddy? Because he doesn't know, you know, words. <laughs> See, I don't remember what episode it was that we recorded, but Tom made a comment about Keith never riding into battle. It's because <laughs> Keith is being ridden into battle. Yes, yes. <laughs> My son. <laughs> I remember making that comment. <laughs> but now I understand. It makes sense now. Keith is ridden into battle. <laughs> Not, he doesn't ride. He he's ridden. <laughs> he is. Uh, he's a big kid. He's basically like there's there's a couple there's a couple pieces of clothing that we still use that are 18 months but he's largely in 24 month clothes and he is what 7 8, eight months 8 months 8 months in a couple days um it's just like the the 18 month clothes that we still use for him he is maxed out and we basically still use them cuz we're waiting for Clothes to arrive in the mail from Carter's. Mm. Um, and the scary thing is that some of the 24-month stuff that we bought, because we've waited so long, we put it on and we're like, wow, this fits perfectly. So, like, <laughs> two months from now, this is not going to fit anymore. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, well, soon he'll fit in some of your shirts, Keith. So yeah. Just, oh, <laughs> yeah. Dude. It's, uh, the, the good thing... Sorry, we're derailing the podcast a lot right now. But the good thing is that, so we've been, tr- so like, the, the six-month mark, you try to feed them, like, baby food and stuff. And, like, he was just not about, he hated all food. Like, you put anything, really? anything in his mouth besides a bottle. And he would literally, he'd eat it, but he would turn his face away from you for, like, a full minute. And he would, when he turned back, if you held up the spoon after that, he would immediately turn his face away again. Just like, don't fucking put that in my mouth. <laughs> like, <laughs> so what's crazy is that, so in the past week, he tried sweet potato. Mm-hmm. And that was apparently the one food where he was just like, oh, I fucking get it. I fucking get it, guys. <laughs> this shit's good. So now he literally eats everything that we put in his mouth like this week mm. after the sweet potato he's like sweet potato carrot green green beans was a weird thing because green beans oh yeah that's because <laughs> i'm I pretty like sure carter gagged on the texture beans. i feel like the texture is a little bit different with green bean green bean baby food but we put a scoop in his mouth and he would eat it but he'd make this face like i fucking hate this i hate yeah. this but yeah like then you hold up the spoon again, and he'd open his mouth, and you just put another spoonful in. <laughs> and, and he did that like twenty times. We just kept on feeding him. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we're maybe we're bad parents. I don't know. It's hey, he kept on opening well, his I mean, mouth. We kept on feeding him. The parents. argument is that they get used to it, and then they'll be less picky eaters. Like you know, hopefully, right. Uh, I was gonna say, unlike me, yeah, I, I feel like my mom probably didn't push the envelope at all with me, and that's why I 
you know, like I, three things. I think it's I think it's hard <laughs> because also like your your sense of taste is technically not fully developed until you're supposedly until you're like ten or twelve. Like, um, hmm. so your and your taste can change throughout your life anyway. Um, yeah, and. Also, when it changes throughout your life, it's largely dictated by what you're used to eating. But when you're a child, your sense of taste is not really fully developed. So, like, when you really like one thing and then it, like, you suddenly don't like it, that's apparently mm-hmm. a thing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I was like that cause... with shrimp. I, when I was really, really little, like a, a toddler, apparently I love shrimp. Mm-hmm. But at some point. All of a sudden, I found shrimp to be absolutely repulsive, and to this day, I really, I mean, if it's in something, yeah, I'll eat it, but I'm not crazy about it, but I, I don't go out of my way to eat shrimp. But the thing is, that's Same probably me, a actually. texture thing. Ah. Like, shrimp is not very, or should not be, very strong tasting, so it's probably more of a, either visual or textural I don't know, like with peaches, peaches, I don't eat peaches because it's a textural thing. I don't like that peach fuzz that, that, because it just makes me think like of licking me, like my cheek when I was a 13 year old, you know, that peach fuzz. Like I just get that, it it grosses me out. You just imagine biting a chunk out of your 13 year old cheek. Yeah. So I can't eat peaches because of it. Thanks a lot, peaches. (laughs) See, I just a lot 13 year old me. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like I'm lucky because without really pushing food very hard on my daughter, who's almost five, she she loves broccoli and she loves peas. And I'm like, mm. hey, green vegetables, go for it. Because honestly, at the age of five, if you were like, eat this broccoli or die, I'd be like, kill me now. Like, I just, I abhorred green vegetables. Like, I I would eat raw carrots and cooked corn. And those were basically the only two vegetables I would eat for probably 10 years of my life. Like, and eventually (laughs) I branched out because I forced myself to try things and cook things in different ways and whatever. And nowadays... I don't necessarily like love broccoli, but like you have to cook it in the right way. Like if you just boil or steam broccoli to like a mushy death-like form, that is sad. It makes my taste buds sad and it tastes like farts. But if you, (laughs) if you steam broccoli to like al dente and then either broil it really quick or throw it in a super hot pan to just like put some like brown color on it and throw some salt on it then it's good it's delicious like i can eat that i can no problem i put some hot sauce on it eat a whole bowl of it what the fuck i know thank you Corey. i i I was thinking that i'm like am i weird for i've never encountered anybody doing that that's so weird putting hot sauce on broccoli i put hot sauce on everything to be honest Okay, so it's personal defect. Yeah, I no, I just really like spicy things. You just you just really hate your asshole. Do you know? <laughs> no. Do you, uh, so no, this we haven't hung out in a while. Do you know how many hot sauces uh, I have? We haven't. No, we I haven't hung out. At we hung my out house and I mile. kicked your ass at Catan. I don't know what that has to do with your butthole, Keith. No, Catan. I haven't shown you the amount of hot sauces that I have in my house. Oh. 
thought you were gonna say show show to see. No, I I seriously, I seriously, he got it replaced with a metallic one, so it just it doesn't matter. He just fucking ruins it. It At any given point in time, I probably have at least fifteen different hot sauces, like including chili oils and a prolapse doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, sometimes it's kind of rough. Not gonna lie, like, but you know, it's, it's worth it. God damn. So anyway, <laughs> let's let's finish out this episode. Yeah, we got steamroll this. Please do. So we're now in the dream world where Tommy is explaining that if they when they're when they're big people, they can eat breakfast, uh, anything for breakfast they want. So every day they can have reptar cereal. Yeah. And he shows a, uh, that every cabinet in the kitchen is stuffed with boxes of Reptar cereal. And the inside of the oven, which is a fire yep. hazard. Uh, well, I mean, my you don't mother need to ever that. turn it on. You don't need to turn it on because, you know, it's just Reptar cereal. That's true, cereal. you're not cooking things. You're just putting milk in things. <laughs> yep, and so they have to head off to work. Uh, so they get into the car and Tommy drives extremely fast and extremely recklessly and chucky warns tommy that they're going to get a ticket if he doesn't drive slower and tommy says that he wants to get a ticket because you know a ticket's a good thing uh which i can guarantee you it isn't um moments later they're pulled over by a motorcycle cop who I don't think they actually reveal it to be Angelica, but it's definitely Angelica. Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. Um, yeah. And she says that they were going a million miles an hour, or a billion miles an hour, actually. Yep. Sounds legit. And he just earned himself a ticket. Uh, and they hand him a ticket for Reptar on Ice. Cereal which on I Ice? Which I think they... Yeah. What? Well, they just say Reptar cereal, so... Oh, no, he no. doesn't know what Reptar is. He doesn't know Reptar. There's an actual... Don't, isn't there an episode where they see Reptar There's a, Yeah, yeah, yeah there is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there is, yeah. So, There's one a of ton the coolest of things episodes. about this cartoon is, like, his main, like, toy, or mm-hmm. main, like, series that he follows, is basically just Godzilla. Yep. And that's Reptar. So, um, I remember Reptar to some degree, but maybe this is just too long ago. I don't remember a lot of detail around it. So, like, when he was like, oh, Reptar cereal, I was like, definitely. Really? I think they even have, like, a Reptar cereal episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing is, I remember the Reptar, like, when they were like, oh, Reptar cereal. And he's going through all the cabinets and stuff. I was like, oh, I remember that. And he was like, Reptar's on ice. And I'm like, are they just... Like, to me, it was like, I don't Reptar, remember enough they're... about it. I was just like, uh, are we just pulling on the cereal? Or is this like a further <laughs> thing that I just don't remember? Because I don't remember the basis of Reptar. I just remember the name Reptar. Like Trogdor? Kind of like Raptor, but like... <laughs> Reptar. The Burninator. Yeah. Yes. Trigor. <laughs> God. 
Tell me, tell me you grew up in the early aughts, or you were in high school in the early aughts without telling me you were in high yeah. school in the early aughts. Yeah, strong bad. Everybody. Yeah, pretty much. Everybody. So, uh, they arrive at work where everybody, hundreds of other adult babies, including Phil and Lil, who it's the only time we get to see them in this episode, they're you know, some twins that they are friends with, mm-hmm. uh, are running around with brooms pushing papers because that's how <laughs> some adults end up describing their going to, you know, job at work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how Chucky's, um, pa- Chucky's father says he all day. pushes papers all day. Which, yes. the thing is, the <laughs> this kind of hit me because I would imagine that was in the 90s, early 90s, um, Nowadays, which granted, this probably existed back then, but didn't exist at all businesses because it was newer. Nowadays, it's Microsoft Excel. So instead of pushing papers, you use spreadsheets. And that's what I do a lot. Yeah, what what would you call that? Because they're no longer paper pushers. What do you, what do you, what's the... Button clickers? I don't know. But yeah. yeah. Um... I, I haven't pasters. heard paper pusher in forever that's, that's until, a... like, this episode. Yeah. Well, because the problem is is that most people that, you like, used to do a lot of, like, the menial paper pushing stuff, like, if you had to sit there and type numbers in to fill mm. out sheets of paper, you're a paper pusher. And... That's all been automated, so like, yeah, you don't work anymore because we don't need like that's, you know, because like the things that I do in Excel are like complicated. Like I take large, vastly large amounts of data, and then slice them up different ways to then derive like analysis mm. and conclusions from them, which is not paper. It's not like. Oop, let me add up these 4,000 numbers on a piece of paper so that way we can pay this invoice and make sure that it's accurate. Like, it's not. Or know. in my case, like back in high school, uh, I worked at an insurance agency and my job was to electronically file all the documents, the paper documents, meaning I had to use a scanner, scan them in, and then manually label them the name of the insured, the date, and then what kind of document it was. And nowadays, there's programs, you know, people have coded it, so you just scan something in. It can look at the form and figure out what type of form it is, so it knows what it is uh, to label it, and then it knows where to look for the, the customer's name, and it knows where to look for the date that it was sent, and it automates it and could just, you know, you know, it could label itself now. So yeah, yeah, it did away with me when I was a paper pusher throughout high school. So this is the thing is that we were saying here is that the fun paper pushing jobs were all taken by the machines. (laughs) Rage against the machine. So regardless, you know, they'll push around paper and they have fun. And then, Phil and Lil are just like, oh, well, it's not all fun because there's the boss. Mm. All right, I'm back. 
that's, that's why I started. That's why I started expositioning for you. I saw that you were muted. And I was like, Damn, well, I'm just gonna Corey, start taking over." Corey, all you had to do was just—he let you could have just he picked it right up, man. You perfectly. He, uh, yeah, he threw you a meatball. You could have hit it out of the park. Shit, we could have had that seamless transition. <laughs> yeah, yes. In the end, because that's how we. Damn, did it. like, like I, a I'm human, giving like Keith a, credit. Like a human centipede, you could have just eaten my shit. I could have just. Yeah. <laughs> love that <laughs> that's not how i like to be fed but i love that the thing is though is you'd rather <laughs> be the first great. one to eat it than the second one so true <sighs> true so anyway or, or as everybody clicks off yeah never mind <laughs> <laughs> we've already talked about a lo- enough poop today uh, yes uh we met our poop quota yep so they are <laughs> called up to the boss's office and they're going through a hallway with a whole bunch of very scary looking characters on the portraits. Uh, one of mm. which I believe was the devil. Um, and they get to an office that erupts in flames and it's Angelica who is much <laughs> bigger and is their boss. And she tells them that they're not big, they're just big babies, and they're fired. <laughs> and, and they don't want to be fired. are hooked up like horns. Yeah. yeah. And like we said earlier, um, a lot of the way that she is designed in this scene is kind of the way her mom is actually designed on the show. Mm-hmm. But this came before Charlotte's introduction. Um, so they start fleeing back to the elevator and portraits are coming to life and trying to stop them. Uh, oddly enough, the, the Rugrats wiki on this mentions as a trivia that the portraits coming to life is a reference to Super Castlevania 4. Hmm. Which I guess something similar happens uh, in okay. that game. But yeah. Was that I on find the game that book? highly... No, that's the Super Nintendo one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that I just find cool. it highly unlikely because this would have, like, Castlevania Four came out in 91, so I guess there's time, but still. Like, for them to have a reference to a video game, like, that is kind of, in my opinion, unlikely, and I also tried to cite other sources on it, yeah. and I couldn't find any. They may have gotten the idea from that, but I don't think they were trying to, like... I, I just feel like someone who is working on this wiki was literally like, hey, that reminded me of Super Castlevania uh, 4. I'm yeah, going exactly. to say yeah. it's part of the... Yeah, yeah. Because like, the timeline doesn't work out. Yeah. Well, it does, only well, this not episode, very likely. This episode came it aired in November of 92. I remember because yeah. I looked at that earlier. And did the fourth Castlevania game come out before... 91. 92? Oh, really? 91? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Never. I I thought it came out after. Okay, okay, okay. Then maybe it's it's. Plausible. I mean, it's possible, but I think it's unlikely. I feel like it's just the similarity yeah. that they saw and were just like, "I'm gonna put this in the wiki." But whatever. Yeah. Um. The. The trip back to the elevator. Uh. They're being chased by robots. 
that I think they also said was like a callback to something else. Let's see here. The robots that chase Tommy and Chucky uh, has the Wicked Witch of the West's guard chant from The Wizard of Oz, which I definitely didn't notice, but I guess I, I didn't mention. catch that. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they get back to the elevator, and the doors are locked, and they're about to be caught. Uh, Chucky, Chucky says he doesn't want to be a big people anymore, <laughs> which is something I say often. I don't <laughs> want to be a big people anymore, because mm. kids, if if there are any kids listening, first off, parents, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, Were you 90s parents? Do, do not want to grow up too quick, because it's, it's rough. It's rough. The, the Enjoy is, your childhood. There's 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 a trade off, but it is not an even trade off, right? Like, yeah, it's well. I keep mentioning it to Alicia because I feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves a lot with Carter because he's progressing so fast. It seems, mm. and it's just like we gotta, like we gotta chill with some of these things because like. We're constantly trying him on, like, new foods, and sometimes, like, he takes it well, sometimes he doesn't. And, like, as far as, like, stuff we get him for toys and, like, stuff we ask for for his birthday, it's just, like, some of these things are just not age-appropriate. And it's, like, mm -hmm. I know that when you look at a toy and you're, like, there's no way a baby could hurt himself with this. It's just, like, well, you're also, yeah. guess what, there's, not an expert. There's, there there's are people that... Yeah, You're no Lipschitz. There's some. Yeah, exactly. Not everybody can be Doctor Lipschitz. <laughs> yep. Uh, and there's also no reason to rush. You know, like there's no reason to try and skip ahead to like the three plus and four plus toys when he's one. Yeah. And mm. possibly have something bad happen when there's yeah. plenty of toys he could play with now, uh, and he doesn't need to rush to these things you know well not True. only that but like um my my brother-in-law is a pediatrician and even for my daughter who's almost how many brother-in-laws do you have two. two okay jesus christ i was confused <laughs> for a second yeah. no so my it's my wife's brother he he's a okay he's a pediatrician <laughs> and he buys our kids toys like Oh, like not like huge. Well, he buys sometimes huge toys, but like most of the time when he visits, like he gives them like a small toy or whatever. And he has literally never bought either one of them a toy that required batteries. And mm. some of the things that he's bought, like, well, Levi's too young to really have a favorite, but some of the things that he's bought, Maya has been like her favorite toys for long periods of time. And it's funny because as adults, because we're so used to technology, sometimes we really lean towards like, Oh, this thing's cool. It's got buttons, make noises. It has lights, whatever. Like, yep. and like, you're just like, this is cool. This is cool. Your kid is like an infant. They don't care about that, that stuff. Although mm. it grabs their attention potentially. Like 
from a developmental mind aspect, like steer fully clear of that. Like you should Mm. give your something, you should give your kids something that is engaging that has at this age, like sensory aspects, like, Oh, this feels different. This moves. I can change things on this. Like that kind of stuff. Like, um, if it makes any sort of noise, it should be like a rattle, you know, Mm. like, like nothing with batteries essentially and like he's done it for years and he even has like he has a whole slew of toys at his clinic and everything that he like lets kids use and like it's just funny because i was i was of the same thing where i was just like i want maya to play with this even though she's three years too young for it and like (laughs) because i think it's cool so therefore she'll like it and like there was one or two times that i bought her something like that and like she was just like oh that's a thing she like at first she'd be yeah. like cool mm-hmm. and she'd realize what it does and then she'd be like uh like that's that's like an intimidating loud flashy thing that i yeah. don't understand what i'm supposed to do with like it's almost like she has like the primordial sense of like is that gonna poison me because it's so <laughs> so like strange to my environment and like we stopped getting her stuff like that and like like granted we let her watch tv and now she has like you know other things to play with that are a little bit more technologically advanced but like i don't know man like at the same time her favorite thing is like her teddy bear she has a teddy bear with a pink sweatshirt and that's like her her number one thing if you take that away from her (laughs) she'll just be like destroyed like it's it's the simple things that really really matter hmm yeah, like, given, I'm also guilty of not always giving them the most age-appropriate toys, but they're also toys from, like, the 1990s that, like, realistically, I know that I didn't hurt myself with them, <laughs> so I'm kind of, like, <laughs> extrapolating from there. Mm. Like, so he has, like, a Ninja Turtle, but he has, like, the cleanest one I had uh, with none of the accessories, yeah. And I don't know if you guys remember the karate ass. fighters. Those like little um figures no. that would go on like kind of like a rock'em sock'em robot type thing. Oh yeah. And swing yeah. back and forth until they knock each other off. Well, I don't I don't have any of the actual like handles or triggers for them, but I have like a couple of those figures that I bought at a thrift store in like a random toy bag that I was literally about to put in the trash and like he sees me like uh like about to get rid of it and he like pointed at it and it was like one of the first times he pointed and I was just like this you want this and it's become like one of his favorite toys it's just like some random (laughs) karate dude cool that has very limited articulation probably can't hurt him in any way and it's just like his toy that he has at his uh his food table mm. whatever it's called high chair the food table <laughs> the food table. i swear i swear guys i'm a parent <laughs> i just don't know any of the table. fucking terms man <laughs> so anyway food table so anyway the uh they figure out that the only way to get out of the building is to punch the clock on the wall so just as they're the robot is about to catch them. They punch the clock, and there's a bright, a bright flash. Did you notice that they did like a little bit of a go-go gadget, like arm stretch when they punched yes. the clock? Like <laughs> yep. their arms, like 
their arms capped out and then extended like another foot like magically to hit that mm-hmm. clock the advantage of being a big people yes mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you guys aren't gonna, you guys aren't gonna let me chew no, no. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was the end of my talk, man. That was the end of my statement. I was just like, Fine. "Hey, I, did I, you I... did you notice this?" End of statement. <laughs> <laughs> so they're now back in the real world, and they realize that they've been uh, daydreaming, and that they agree that being grown up isn't all it's cracked up to be, and they'll stay babies for now. And this is one of the only episodes of Rugrats, at least according to the wiki that I read, that ends on, like, a weird cliffhanger Mm. that's kind of a downer. Because Angelica comes up to them and says, oh, boys, it's time to play house. Well, right before that happens, though, Tommy tries to explain to Chucky, like, oh, well, being a grown-up's not all that bad, because you get to um, buy a house, have babies, and get married. Which I want to say is not necessarily the. I don't judge other people if you get <laughs> this out of order, but it's not necessarily like the traditionally preferred order of doing things to buy a house, have a baby, and then get married. Mm. That's, that's a little bit outside like the traditional 1990s home life. Uh, you know, algorithm that they put together. I I think that was the joke, Keith. I guess. <laughs> it just seems strange. And then Angelica comes up and she's like, time to play house. And she's just a fucking psycho. Yeah. Yep. And that's where the episode abruptly ends. So uh, how many diaper screwdrivers out of 10 would you oh. give this episode <laughs> i was hoping it was going to be that but i didn't know how to fit it in there without just talking about baby parts what the fuck because oh, man he keeps it in the front of the diaper man that thing's got baby dick all over it let's let's be honest it's <laughs> gross it's a gross <laughs> screwdriver uh super wet <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, but, like, to be quite honest, when babies poop, like, that poop ends up up the front, up the back, like, everywhere. Like, that screwdriver's got poop. Like, permanent. you haven't seen anything yet. Permanent poop. Oh, I saw it go up the back, because she rocked. She rocked on it. Tom. Oh, no. I heard the squish. out like that. Tom. Yeah. Tom. Sometimes you got like what we, what I would call just like the complete baby do over. When it, when it, <laughs> when it goes up the Where back, you just that's have fine. to, you just have to hit the reset button. Hey, Tom, try for a new baby. The thing throw is, that one out. So <laughs> you, you have a niece, Tom. Well, preferably give her a whole bath, but yeah, yes. true, well, true. <laughs> Tom, so you have a niece, so you know the correct direction to wipe, right? <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> Just saying. So, so how many screwdrivers were you giving to Keith? So, uh, the problem is honestly, the animation in this show is. I understand at the time was probably good. I just don't. I don't like it. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like all of the adults look 
very frumpy and misshapen. Like, right, deep... so you're not attractive. To, attracted to any of the adults? Well, Check. not not even, not, even <laughs> not attracted to, but I just feel like it's Dee Dee's head has an hourglass shape. Okay, it's weird. Does it bother you that she's taller than Stu? No, I don't care. That about bothered that. me because I didn't know that till this episode. Oh, like no, rewatching it that, as an yeah. adult, God. that blew my mind. I'm like. I don't remember Stu being so little. Didn't know Tom was a size queen. Well, I... <laughs> I was about to say I did know, but that. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, checks out. <laughs> but, like, I don't, like. I don't know. I feel like, um,. The animation probably was what it was for for back in the early 90s. Like, I, I can't, like, I don't like it, to be honest. <laughs> when I started watching it, I was like, was it really this bad? Um, well, this is also very early. This is season two. True. Mm-hmm. So it probably got better. And Like, look at Simpsons season one compared oh, to, like, season yeah. four or five. That, yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that I just... It's hard because when you watch something that's older, just like I feel like the. I feel like nowadays when you compare this to something like Bluey, right? A much newer show, things move a lot faster, the concepts are a lot clearer. Um, there's just. The thing is, it's not necessarily that there's more effort put in, but we probably just have more knowledge about how to. Have, how to construct a children's show to please all of the audience in a more concise and understandable uh, way. I feel like Bluey is more educational, whereas this is more meant to be entertaining. Which is crazy, though, because I feel like I'm more entertained by Bluey than this show. So, Wow, okay. I, I don't... Bluey is educational, yes, but I don't think that they're sacrificing the entertainment for the education. No, Bluey, it, yeah, that's a it's a hard example to, to yeah, use. Yeah, that's true. Bluey's and just a great show. I but... probably shouldn't have brought it up because it's like, the in my mind, it's the epitome of children's television at this point. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah Bluey kind of drags its balls across all the other shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I was watching Bluey with my niece and... She was in this little like jumper thing, mm-hmm. and whenever the theme song started, she was bouncing all around. Yep. I thought she was gonna bounce out of it. She was getting so excited. So yeah, yeah. good, good stuff. theme song. Yeah. So well, so I think with Bluey, it's probably a culmination of like a lot of research on like what kids respond to. Hmm. Mm. You know, because I feel like everything about Bluey is, like, calculated to a certain degree. Where it's just, Mm. like, to the theme song, to the themes, to, like, who they're targeting. Like, because there's definitely something in there for, like, the three, four, five-year-olds. But the parents also want to keep watching. True. Yeah. Well, because it's it's entertaining. It's giving good lessons. it's, It's engaging the kids of that age group. It's... Yeah. Whereas, like, something like Rugrats 
probably had like a writer's room of like three or four people that are just like, all right, so we got a show about babies. Well, it was the yeah. early 90s cartoon writing. It yeah. was probably a room of like four of to six four dudes old white dudes. Yeah. Just making Sydney Poitier just, jokes. Just, just yeah. wondering why they weren't writing for SNL. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, the thing is, it's not, it's not bad. It was entertaining. It was funny. I just, the, it just, it all seems a little bit off. And I, I, I think it's probably, it probably seems a little bit off just cause it's so old. Right. Like it's, it's 30 years old at this point. So I'm like, honestly, like to me, even though I watched it back in the day, I'm like the voices, especially of Tommy, um, doesn't EG daily. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it matches like the character. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It just, it feels his voice just doesn't sound believable as like a baby or toddler voice it just sounds forced and just like the animation is older and i just don't jive with it like i don't the thing is i'm i'm explaining this in a way where it sounds like i hate the show i don't yeah i like the show yeah i'm I'm predicting you to say like a five or a six maybe a four yeah no i mean i think honestly like a six and a half is 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 appropriate based on this but like I don't want to like I don't want to rate it like really poorly because the thing is that like I grew up watching this show and I feel like it just hasn't stood like the test of time where it's like there's a lot of shows that you could potentially watch back in the day and then watch now and just be like yeah that's still like an eight because this has nostalgia and I really like it and it's got a good storyline it's got these good points to me it was like I feel like, I don't know, there just wasn't enough there for me to rate it higher. And unfortunately, because of the, I don't know, the shortcomings of the storyline, I feel like I I looked too far into like the disjointed. It's not any like uh, bad thing. It's not like a criticism on the voice actors, but it's just like, I don't know. To me, like the voices kind of seemed off and the animation wasn't that great, which is probably just because it was 30 years ago. So like I'm dinging them for doing it 30 years ago, I guess. I don't know. It wasn't bad. I'm glad that I watched it, but I don't think I'm going to watch any more Rugrats, to be honest. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah, well, um, Corey, you want me to go, or would you like to go? Uh, I'll go. I'll go next, just because mine's going to be quick. I think Keith used up most of our word. Uh, Sorry. Space for the I podcast. I tend to ramble. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I thought it was good, not great. So I would give it a seven. Um, I mean, I, I was. It was exactly what I expected it to be. Uh, I. Definitely didn't realize how quick-paced or fast-paced the episodes would go just because they were, you know, Mm. two episodes on a 22-minute block. Yeah. It was not what I remembered, but I guess makes sense because I do remember the little, like, like, whatever their 
little fanfare when they do their yeah episode titles. I remember that popping up a lot as mm-hmm. a kid. And I just assumed I was going through a whole bunch of Rugrats episodes, like, by the, you know, 30-minute block, but I guess mm. not. Um, yeah, so I'd give it a 7. Hmm. All right. Well, <clears throat> I... Uh, okay, so I, I've seen most, but not all the episodes of Rugrats, you know, growing up. Uh, it was a series, as I mentioned before, I used to watch it. You know, every weekend I would get together with my, my father, we'd hang out. My, my parents got divorced and we'd spend the weekends with my father and he would then take us to our grandparents and my grandparents were my cousin's guardians. So we spent a lot of time with our cousins and we watched a lot of Rugrats. So I have a lot of good memories of Rugrats, but uh, it's funny because like I was going to give a much higher rating till I remembered some things like for instance, I watched this show with my older cousin, Terry, uh, and Tommy in the show has an older cousin, Angelica, who, as we've mentioned before, <laughs> is quite a bitch. And every time I watch, I saw something with Angelica, it would create some sort of animosity between me and my older cousin because I kept thinking, she's an older cousin, she's going to be a bully, she's Angelica. So I, I, I just remember that happening. Like, I get that feeling every time we'd watch it. But then as soon as the next show would come on, that would completely disappear, and she was my regular cousin again. But and I remember that. Every time a man with the last name Lipschitz walked into your house, you <laughs> got confused on whether or not he was supposed to be your new mommy or a baby. <laughs> so this whole time, I have been trying to remember the joke my dad used to tell me all the time when I was younger a joke about someone with the name Lipschitz like I, I think he used to prank call people I guarantee this joke is very inappropriate it, no no it's something <laughs> that like you know oh if you're Lipschitz my mouth farts <laughs> that that was the punchline I just couldn't remember the the lead up to it what so it was wait. I would your dad would your dad look through the phone book for people I, with the last name I think Lipschitz. it was the phone book, yeah. He would yeah. look for the last name Lipschitz, crank call them, and then be like are, excuse me, are you It was him and his cousin Mark. Are you are you Jonathan Lipschitz? And they'd be like, Yes I am. Well if you're Lipschitz, my mouth farts, mouth farts and yes, hang yep. up. <laughs> I I'm pretty sure that's what they did when they were growing up. Because, you know, that's before the internet. So that's... what else were you going to do? Did he do um, this with other else? people's names? Is, is there other <laughs> other names besides oh, I'm sure. Lipschitz? Uh, Richard Hertz. Well, Think about it. Yeah, yeah but the problem is hurts. you have to hope that his wife doesn't pick up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because hey, then... your husband's dick hurt? <laughs> yeah, right. Like... <laughs> anyway uh, tom anyhow yes so anyway. <laughs> so yeah so there there was that aspect so then uh okay so if i was just to go off maybe the the first half of the episode i would have given it an eight and that's an elevated eight because of nostalgia normally i i would rate this episode a little lower but i would have given it an eight just based on the first episode because overall i thought it was pretty goofy and fun uh, however, the second episode, uh, when I was a child, it freaked me out, and it freaks me out as an adult watching 
it uh, seeing these you know babies all of a sudden their heads are on adult bodies it freaks me the hell out because it's, it just it doesn't just look right <laughs> you know why it doesn't look right is because it's their head and the same neck like yes as well but then it's on an adult like chassis so yes the chassis. it's so <laughs> unproportionate disproportionate yeah. disproportionate and, and what's funny though is that when when <laughs> chucky makes or when chucky goes to like untie his bow tie and tommy's like don't do that and he's like Why? yes and he's like well that that's what keeps your head tied on i was yep. just like oh this makes more sense now yeah like, well that they are baby heads on adult bodies and it is tied on there yeah well that freaked me out as a little kid so overall uh i'm i'm giving the total episode a 7.5 if I didn't have the nostalgia kicking in, it would be lower than a 7.5. And I know there's better episodes of Rugrats. And to be honest, I watched a couple episodes after this one just because it's been so long. Uh, so I would still recommend the series. The animation, like Keith said, is kind of crummy. Uh, but I will disagree with him when it comes to the voice acting. I think the voice actors... All are decent quality voice actors. I think that just the animation, it doesn't pair well. If like the animation was better, I, I think the voices would feel a little more appropriate. But yeah, uh, yeah. That, Chucky's Chucky's voice actor is great. Yes. That's true. I agree. Chucky sounds good. I just Tommy doesn't and Tommy does a lot of talking and just doesn't I don't know. Cause Tommy also, based on the way he's dressed, the way he looks Looks like he should be a lot younger than Chucky, but isn't. He and is his by a little bit. Yeah, yeah. like his voice doesn't sound any different, and the I don't know. It just the whole thing is riddled with plot holes. I don't know. Oh it's, my god! <laughs> <laughs> being dramatic about it. Mm. Yeah. So we'd so. like to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to three guys ramble about cartoons. If you'd like to ramble about our ramblings or what we rambled about, you can join the Cartoon Commentary Podcast group on Facebook. If you have any questions, comments, or corrections for us, you could reach us at cartooncommentarypodcast at gmail.com. And until all are one, I've been Corey. I've been Tom. I'm Tommy Pickles. <laughs> and I've got a poop. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Corey has headphones on and is hearing this, and he can hear me talk as he's taking a piss. <laughs> this is for all the times you talk while I'm trying to urinate. I can hear you, Corey. I can hear you taking a piss. <laughs> uh, have fun editing this. <laughs> well, then again, knowing you, you're going to leave it in. <laughs> Dick. <laughs>